0: In just 10 minutes, I was covered, and boom, family protected. Thanks to Ethos, my family won't have to worry about the bills if the unpredictable happens to me. Ethos, fast and easy online term life insurance. Up to $2 million in coverage with no medical exam. Some policies as low as a dollar a day. Answer a few health questions and get your free quote at ethoslife.com slash audio. That's ethos com slash audio. The True Geordie
1: Podcast. Okay, welcome back to the True Geordie podcast. Today's guest is a former undercover police officer. She's a little bit nervous today. Are you (laughs) alright?
2: I am. I'm I'm, I'm nervous. It's so funny,
1: the things that I've read about you, the things that you've done, that this would be nervous when you have literally been around hard-nosed criminals (laughs) who could kill you at any moment, and then little old me is intimidating. I know, but I'm being really me now. <laughs> this yeah. is me, I'm, I'm like stood in naked,
2: basically. Yeah, not literally. No, not literally. No, oh God, you would
1: not want to put that <laughs> on camera. <laughs> so the thing that got my brain going before when we were talking is the we see on the news that this person's been taken down for doing this to children or what you know, and it's horrifying. But you're a person who's literally met these kind of people before, and it got my brain thinking, and it made me wonder: if, Have you ever thought like how many? People there are out there that we interact with on a day to day basis who may have those kind of things on their computer or these predilections, as they say, to, to children and stuff like that. Is, do you think it's more common than any of us would ever think?
2: Without a doubt. Right. Really? Like 100%. Yeah. And it's funny because you think, don't you, like, on the media and in like movies and drama series those sorts of people have a certain look. And we all say, don't we, all oh, look at that paedophile, jump yeah, oh, like, yeah. Look at them glasses. Like, oh, I bet, you know, we, people do make them comments.
1: Yeah, you stereotype. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And
2: some, believe it or not, do look like that. <laughs> they really do look like that. Um, yeah, but, I yeah,
1: I should have known. I should have known you look like it.
2: But <laughs> like you turn up and you go, oh, I wonder what one it is. Yeah. But, like, no, but some people, like, like I, know, I know people that I would never in a million years in my real life, in a million years... Be involved in that stuff, and they have been wow. Like, I, I had no clue.
1: And when you're face to face with them, like, have any of them been a lot more normal and nice than what you'd ever think? Like, because we, I kind of think that these are like evil villains in movies, but yeah. they ingratiate themselves into the world, so they, they can't always be like that.
2: A lot of them work, like, have normal lives, like, completely normal lives. We, had, I remember one case I worked on, he was a family man, he had a wife, a couple of kids. A mistress. A mistress. <laughs> he was pregnant, um, but he was a paedophile. Really? Like you would never.
1: When you say and, and when you say paedophile, do you mean like because there's different definitions, isn't there? Do you mean like really young children sort of thing?
2: Uh, he was like teen, young teen girls. Really? Yeah, he liked schoolgirls. Um, this particular guy, but I have interacted with other people where you're. They're, they're, I'm dealing with them mm-hmm. as a teenager, and then when they've been arrested, they've gone and obviously viewed everything that's on their their hardware and. It's got baby stuff on it. Like that, how can how can a, a, a human being think that's acceptable as, as, a, as a decent human being? How can you think being a baby? Yeah, like come on.
1: There's even um, people who had been chemically castrated. I think in the Louis Through documentary. Yeah. But you're still like you're still denying so much truth there. Even after this has happened, so is it a sexual thing or is it a mental? health thing where they've got this like um you know deep-rooted issue that's beyond sex almost like they are just
2: yeah i don't know i mean it's got to be a bit of both hasn't mm. it like if you if you're saying normal not normal cause that's not the right word mm. but like
1: semi-normal yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. <laughs> i mean if us normal yeah everyone
1: uh, has, a, has a kink as allegedly. yeah but like but yeah. that's
2: like you would know in your mm. brain that's wrong mm. and you just wouldn't do it Surely you just would not do it.
1: So, have you had to go through their computers before and look at these images that they have had on on file?
2: That period would not be dealt with by me because mm. I'm just there as the covert, covert asset. But other officers would have gone through it, and they they're there to grade it. That's one person's job is to grade how bad it is, how severe it is. Like that must.
1: Yeah. When I was a kid, uh, you know how you have like your mum's friends and stuff like that, and they they like her her fella was a, a, a cop and he used to have to be involved with this sort of stuff yeah. in, a, in a detective sense. And he had very bad mental health uh, uh, yeah. post uh, leaving the police officers. Like, uh, it really seemed to screw him up, like, just how much he'd had to witness and endure. So, I mean, those, those people deserve medals to have to go yeah. through that because they are trying to save these kids in yeah, one way yeah. or another to stop this being. But uh, does it, I mean, this is a sort of deeper question, but does it ever feel like trying to empty the sea with a bucket, like, they're just, it's, it's almost... Like, kind of stopping drugs, you know? You're, yep. tr- you, you, you're trying to stop the drug dealers on the streets, but the reality is, is, like, the the the, the thirst for it is not going to go away.
2: No, and the problem you've got as well now is, obviously, people do live online. If you mm. go onto, like, the dark web, it's, mm. it's there. Like, and you can't get rid of it. Like, so, it's there. It's more accessible now than it mm. would have been 10, 30 years ago. You know, it, people can... A, a, you know they can they can get it they can access it um, and obviously there's a difference between looking at it and physically partaking in it mm. but you know and I think people are talking about it more now you know like we see obviously overseas in, in particular countries you, and it's been in the press recently about how Gary Glitter's now back inside like people like him mm. in his prime it wasn't spoken about it's only now because we're, we all live online and we're, we're encouraged to be vocal you know there's platforms for people to speak anonymously whereas before there wasn't. It would be yeah. me and you would have to sit and talk like this or on the phone rather than put it online.
1: Gary Glitter, for those who don't know, was a pop star back in the, what, 80s or something like that? Yeah,
2: 70s. <coughs> I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm too young, I wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah,
1: both of us, thanks, yeah. And um, Jimmy Savile, uh, was it, he was in the Jimmy Savile ring, essentially. Yeah. He was part of that whole thing. And it does make you wonder how, you know, that many people knew and it still stayed a secret. I mean... You know, there was people um, like Jill Dando killed uh, who were allegedly about to expose all of that. As someone who's been in the the cops, how how likely do you think that those cover-ups had the help of some police officers?
2: I think maybe back in the day there was cover-up. Maybe, I don't Mm. know. This is just what I think. Mm. Um, There could have been cover-ups on certain things. Nowadays, I don't think so at all. Mm. Like, I don't think the police... Is what it was.
1: I think there's a there's an issue right now though because there's in the last I don't want to say like two, two years there's been police officers convicted of horrific things. There was a guy who had uh, been convicted of 50 attacks and uh, he'd been in the cops for years. And what is it like for you being a part of the police and so well not now but so closely linked to them when you hear these things?
2: Honestly, it makes you feel like physically sick. Mm. It's it's well, that one the one that you saw about Sarah Everard. I mean what. Like, who, why?
1: He was flashing people before that, yeah. right? Yeah. So there was, like, there was things that they had to be, like, okay, we got to watch this guy. Yeah. For a start, you shouldn't be a cop if you're no. doing that. But then no one flagged it.
2: No. And do you know what winds me up as well? He was he was in a position of power. He had that warrant card. When you get your warrant card, it's sounds that you're going to laugh and think I'm being cheesy, but you feel really proud and, a, like... I'm serving the... Obviously, it was the Queen then I'm mm. serving the Queen. This is like... This is a big deal. A privilege. Just yeah, on, like, yeah, not everybody gets it. Mm. And you feel really proud to have it. And for him to go around and flash yeah. his warrant card to, in, for, to then get her in his car, I think that's just... That's twisted, isn't it? Mm. And honestly, no-one hates a bad cop more than a good cop. I can't tell... I know so many good cops, more good cops than bad cops... And everyone's opinion of him and the other one is exactly the same. Like, Mm. they're scumbags, absolute scumbags. And the police have got a massive problem. The new leaders are the right people for the job. Mm -hmm. But we had a point in the police where you could join a rank, so a senior management position, just because you've got a degree. Like, that makes no sense. Mm. How can you be making decisions and be the ones that have got holding hold in the purse, mm-hmm. paying money for courses and making big decisions on things when you've not even been in the roles that you're making decisions about. Mm. That makes no sense to me, and that's, that's half the problem. A lot's happened in the last probably eight years, ten to eight years, because they, the police made some bad decisions with recruitment. Recruitment's a huge issue.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: That's a massive, massive issue. And I genuinely think that I think that the new uh, commissioner is going to work, and I think the new assistant commissioner is going to work, But whoever's, I don't know whose decision it was to let these people with a degree become senior managers, but they lost a lot of good cops over that period because nobody trusted their management. Nobody had any faith in their management and the management literally screwed the police.
1: I remember watching some of the interviews and you're watching them going, you are having a may here. You know, where where someone's digging their own grave and you're just watching them like, you you look like you're clueless.
2: Yeah, and they are, they're Uh, so clueless. uh. They are, They, they... this, they've stopped it now but this whole if you're a graduate you can join as an inspector thing was just stupid like yeah. I don't know someone would have got promotion off the back of
1: that so it brings me on to what, what was it about you that you were attracted to go that down that road
2: I never wanted to be a police officer I wanted to be a, a power suit wearing lawyer who lived in Wapping and had a sports car um, but that never happened and um, I just kind of fell into my dad was a policeman he was an inspector oh really um, okay then or uh, acting inspector will tell me off a sound inspector because he, he retired as a DS, but um, that wasn't why I joined. Um, when I was 15, I got attacked. Um, I was at a party. Oh. And my boyfriend at the, t- at the time, he um, was hit over the back of the head with a bottle and knocked out. Then they used the bottle that had broken over the back of his head to slash my friend's throat. Jesus. Throat, not throat. That's my East London coming up throat. It's it's TH. Um, And the next thing I remember is I woke up the next morning in hospital um, and they'd knocked me out. Um, I had a broken nose. I actually come off worse. (laughs) Broken nose, cheek, uh, damage to my jaw and some broken ribs.
1: And was there a reason for that?
2: Wrong place, wrong time. So
1: no confrontation?
2: We'd been at a party Mm -hmm. and everyone had left the party. We were literally just walking home. Like literally no reason for it. Um... But that was my first... Thing. I grew up... So I was born in East London and grew up in Dagenham. And if you know Dagenham, it's not the greatest of places. Okay. Um, and the police aren't... They're not disrespected, but they wasn't... You know, no-one said it openly, I want to be a police officer uh-huh. at school. Um, and I just thought... I really, I was really impressed by what I'd seen from the police that were dealing with my case. I couldn't believe it. I thought they were really good, and I thought they were really kind to me. I was only mm. 15, Um and we had to go to Crown Court, and they were really nice to me, and I thought, oh, they're really nice.
1: Oh, so they caught them?
2: Oh, yeah, they, mm. yeah, they went away. They went to prison.
1: Wow. Um,
2: but that was my first interaction with police, apart from my dad, and my dad didn't come home and tell us what he'd been doing, because I wouldn't have listened anyway.
1: <laughs> so when you're, when you're waking up and you're going through that and you're worrying about your friends who've nearly been killed there, I mean, a throat slashing is close to death, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I don't know how he got through that.
1: Yeah. For a 15-year-old girl, what kind of, like, recovery did you go through mentally or that? Can you remember I think... Because some people would have been scared to go outside, like PTSD. Yeah. I, I know people who have been through uh, traumatic things like that. They, they, they're never the same after that. But you went the other way.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I just thought, I didn't really... I don't think about... I try not to dwell on it. uh uh-huh. And it's only now I'm older that I do dwell on things and I overthink things. Really? So when we got to the hospital, my mum and dad split, and my dad turned up, and then my mum turned up. My mum's, like, four foot two. She's, like, tiny. Uh-huh. But very vocal, and um, the police actually told her if she didn't stop because she was the, the guys that had done it turned up at the hospital to finish it off. Apparently, I don't even know what that means, but
1: that's mental, it's
2: mental because there was no need, yourself in. yeah. So they all got um nicked, but my mum nearly got arrested because she said that she was gonna kill him and she was gonna obviously wow. she wasn't gonna kill him. but you know, like because I turn a phrase, I'm gonna get them and I'm gonna, but my dad's really calm, so my dad was just like. He didn't really care what they were up to. He was just concentrating on me. And I remember he said to me, um, I need to tell you something, and you're not going to like it, but they're going to they're going to have to take your clothes off because they think you've been stabbed. And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, there's got a lot of blood, and they don't know where it's coming from. It wasn't, it was from my nose. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, I had a light jacket on, it looked a lot. And he uh-huh. like, you're not going to want them to take your clothes off, but they're going to take your clothes off. Um, so he was, like, really calm. And... How did
1: you feel with that? Did he help a lot?
2: Yeah, my dad's just chilled, like, he's... And I, Ben will laugh at me for saying this, but if my even now at my age you now, if my dad says it's right, I still I'm like my dad said. So we were arguing the other day about some lights for our patio, oh, and I yeah. said, but my dad said you can do it, and he went, I'll get your dad over to do it then. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I trust my dad a lot. Like he's very like level, and he thinks properly. He doesn't he doesn't ever shoot from the hip. You know, he just really thinks, and he's very like methodical and
1: makes him a good police officer then. Yeah. So what about the police? Was the thing that got you in there, and then what was it like just starting out?
2: My dad actually said, Dan, there's a recruitment for women. And I was like, no, I want to go to uni and I want to be a lawyer. And he was like, I think you should... I don't know if he had no faith in me getting the grades or if Mm -hmm. I wasn't going to be a good lawyer, but he was just like, I think you should give it a go. So I literally just applied um, and got a phone call to say, can you come up for... Yeah, like loads of assessments, like interviews and all that sort of stuff. My dad took me to all of them.
1: But you're just like on the beat doing the normal stuff and... And then, at some point, you're thinking, undercover. How does that get initiated?
2: I I finished Hendon, and then you have to pick your borough, and I went to Tower Hamlets, which is where my family are all from. I know it really well. I love it. Um, I loved, loved, loved being a copper on Tower Hamlets. I thought it was brilliant. Oh, really? And you go from one extreme to the other. Like, you've got Canary Wharf, whopping. It's, like, crazy at wealth, like, extreme wealth. Uh Then you've got, like, Stepney, and it's really not wealth at all it's literally is one extreme to the other so you're constantly busy and the stuff that you're like dealing with it can be you know high-end robberies or high-end burglaries with like tens of thousands of pounds of stuff stolen or it could be you know um fgm or like do you know what i mean arranged marriage so it goes from one extreme you're like arranged marriage
1: what does that what do you mean
2: so on our borough arranged marriage was quite a um a common thing where younger not young girls not necessarily always young but like you know teens, late teens, would be, their marriage would be arranged for them, so their parents would meet with other parents, and the boy and the girl would be never meet, and then they'd meet on their wedding day.
1: Is that illegal?
2: No, it's not illegal if they're I was just wondering why
1: you guys were involved in...
2: Because uh, a lot sometimes the girls wouldn't want that to happen. Oh. So they'd report it and say, I don't want this to happen, so then it would become forced marriage rather for- than arranged me. marriage. Yeah, so that's, you know, you could... What
1: happens when you turn up to, to that situation?
2: <laughs> it's a bit... You know, I, I remember the first one, I was a bit like... I, don't know what to do here. This is like what you see on the telly. Not really
1: dressed for this. No,
2: I was like, I don't know what to happen here. <laughs> but a, a young girl, so a, it was a girl at school actually, she'd reported it to a teacher. So she was a sixth former, so she was of age, she was able to do it. Oh,
1: but still um, like 70 she, and or something. But she didn't want to. Yeah.
2: Um, and she was worried that her family were going to take her back to their home country and marry her off in the summer. And she tried to give her passport to her teacher and said if, if you if you have my passport I can't go
1: the mother was like oh don't worry there's that quick turnaround once yeah. 24 hours oh yeah yeah
2: but I felt like I remember thinking what is this like I don't know what to do yeah, here. when
1: you're reaching out to your teacher and you're worried about yeah. getting put on a plane like that I've watched some documentaries about that yeah it is you, you I mean it's against human rights essentially It's sad yeah. it? if,
2: if you're willing for that that's absolutely cool like yeah. that's fine but not if you don't want to do it and you're kind of your family putting the pressure on and that's not cool. Um, but there are actually dedicated teams on each borough that deal with it now.
1: Well, okay, so what kind of reaction did you get when you were bursting through the doors, like,
2: well, I was, put the ring down? <laughs> yeah, well, no, I didn't get to the wedding, obviously. Um, I'm quite a good wedding guest, but <laughs> I didn't Usually, get... I'm a, I'm a good gift buyer.
1: Does anyone have a reason why these two shall not be wed? <laughs> what? Actually.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, so she'd reported it, and I, know I went... I was first officer on the scene and spoke to her, and she told me what had happened... So obviously I'd written down what she'd told me immediately. And then specialist officers come and they deal with it. So you don't always deal with everything, even though you're the first Because I assume the
1: families have be saying, get out of here.
2: Yeah, the families, some of the families aren't always happy that you turn up. But that's in everything. That's in everything. You know, you turn up, I remember once turning up to nick this kid for uh, drug offences. And his grandma, and I'm not even joking, his grandma was proper giving it in my face. I was thinking... I can't even, like, shout I'm trying it.
1: to get him off there love...
2: Yeah, she's so sweet, like, uh, lovely, but you're shouting him in. You obviously don't understand what we're doing here, but one afternoon I got, my governor said, Dan, tomorrow, when you come in for night duty, which was my favourite shift, because it's proper lively, just bring your civvies, like, just wear your civvies, don't come in uniform, like, you plain clothes. And mm-hmm. I was like, why, what's happening? And he said, you and a colleague are going to go out in plain clothes, and I was like, oh, I'm so undercover, like, I thought that was undercover. <coughs> I had no idea that there was a difference between covert... And undercover, I thought, I thought I was so deep. Like, yeah. <laughs> no one was going to see me coming. Yeah, in. this is a movie, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and me and my colleague went out. But we're so naive. Obviously, the criminals all know what all the unmarked car indexes are. So they saw us coming before we even saw them. Um, so we did it for a little while. We got some quite good arrests. <laughs> we did it for a bit. And then one weekend, we were doing it. And I had this great idea that we should walk and not drive. And he was like, what? And he had much more service than me. And he was like, we're not walking. And I was like, no, come on, it'll be really good. We'll be able to just literally sneak up on them. And we were literally walking around all the, like, the estates and getting in the stairwells and watching them serving up and then just nicking them. And it was like the, the evidence was so overwhelming. The governor was very happy because our arrest rate was so high. CPS were charging them with P, possession with intent to supply, um, which is hard to prove. But it was like, we, well, nobody we just walked over. We was in plain clothes. It was authorised by the, the borough commander and we've nicked him and he's a known drug dealer, he's got all this intelligence and it, it was unbelievable. Do um, so you get a
1: lot of credit for that? Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> quite a lot. Yeah. Um,
1: you know the thing that's striking us about you is how excited you are recounting these memories yeah. and, uh, you know, I think when we all watch Netflix at home, there's a little bit of everyone who thinks, yeah, I'd love to be a cop. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? And But then there's a part of me that often wonders like, th- is there something wrong with us for getting in, like, excited by yeah. such dark shit, essentially, you know, like... Um, do you ever question yourself and be like, f- not, people aren't normally... Because it's one thing, me sitting watching Netflix, you were actually doing it, and you're not the biggest person. No. So, like, you know, you're putting yourself in quite a precarious position at times, I would imagine. Like, was there times where people would confront you and you'd be like, fuck me, I've only got one cup of here and there's five of them, or what, you know?
2: Yeah. yeah, and it sounds so silly, and people have said to me before, I suppose you make you think the uniform made you sort of untouchable, and that's not true... I didn't of course sometimes you do feel scared because that's natural and you should feel scared because otherwise there'd be something a bit wrong with you if you wasn't sometimes scared but yeah there was instances where I would walk into things and think what have I just done and once I had a, the geezer kicked off slipped a disc in my back really? but I thought I could go and just get him and like bring him back to the station which is really now it's yeah. stupid like yeah. what
1: You were a very confident young woman, for sure.
2: I just thought, oh, it'll be all right. Like, I didn't really have much sort of fear then. But when I was walking up, there was a particular chap who was um, a prom nom, so a prominent nominal, so he was well-known. We all knew who he was. And I saw him knocking. You know at the bottom of some of the estates, you get these black doors and it's like an electrical cupboard? I saw him knocking on that and I thought, what's he doing? And then I, like, looked and the door opened and he went in. I thought, oh, I'm having some of that. So I went straight over and I knocked on the door and they let me in. But when I got in there, there was about 10 of them in there smoking crack. <laughs> and me in uniform. But, all right, lads. <laughs> Surprise. Oh, yeah. And he hated me, this guy, as well. Like, he knew who I was. And I was and I, so I just went straight for him because...
1: When you say went for him, what does that mean?
2: Like, to arrest him. Okay. I was, like, pulling him out. They were all sitting in there smoking crack.
1: Are uh, they interfering? Or is it Are they just letting you get on with it?
2: Uh, well, it sort of spilled... I pressed my emergency button because I knew straight, away like, this is going to go set up. This uh-huh. is going to go wrong. So we've all spilled out <laughs> of the electrical cupboard. I, press my emma button and that clears the airway so everyone can anyone who presses that everyone can hear you across your bar for 10 seconds so normally you just shout out wherever you are they know whose radio number it is so they know it, what officer it is so i just shouted out where i was and me and my, he's just resisting arrest because obviously he had crack on him and he didn't want to get nicked again so me and my, like scrapping and he's just like jumping on me he was much bigger than me mm. and i just went down like as soon as my back went i was like that was me out oh. And it felt like it was ages until
1: you said you were out as in flat out or not? Oh, I
2: was on the floor. Yeah, no, not I was. Un, I was conscious, uh-huh. and I still had one cuff on, and I was just not letting go of him. I was like, "You, he was skinny, really skinny, but massive." And uh-huh. I thought, "I'm not having it. I'm not having you go." Jesus. Um, and he was actually my first ever arrest, like years before, <laughs> so he really hated me, um, and it just seemed that we our paths crossed a lot. Yeah.
1: What was our first arrest like? Was there a thrill? I felt.
2: At the time, because I just was so happy to have the arrest. Um, It was brilliant. But when I look at it now, I'm like, oh, there could have been so much more to be getting on with than that. It was theft of a car radio Uh in Brick Lane. And, like, if you know Brick Lane, there's quite a lot of Nick stuff down there, bikes and stuff.
1: Yeah, I I think one of the things that frustrates me about the police is, um, like, I got stopped for uh, having a couple of joints on me once. And... uh, and you know I'm a taxpaying citizen and stuff like that and and there was a whole load of police stopping everyone who walked past and checking their bags and stuff and the the dog fucking ran over at me and it was (laughs) the one time in my life where I wasn't happy to see a dog because I love dogs and I was like yeah okay then so they go through my bags but I was like looking at 20 cops just getting the odd like odd joint or the odd thing here and there and it just it It made me be like, "Come on, yeah is this your is this really what you've been sent out to do?" And also for them, I'm like, "Surely this ain't you guys thinking, and this is what we're signed up for, yeah." You know, I I did wonder how often police feel because even when I was talking to them, there was a there was an air of trepidation about me because they were like, "I don't want to fucking fight you for (laughs) two joints," but also there was an air of like they felt a bit ashamed. I think, yeah, they actually felt a bit like. (sighs) <sighs> sorry, mate, you yeah. know what I mean? That was like, ugh.
2: Yeah, no, def, that is yeah. that is a real genuine, what you said there about mm. how they would have felt. That's completely genuine. Yeah. I've had that where you feel, oh, like... they
1: are just a, a harmless... Get,
2: get on, like, yeah. just off you go, don't worry about it. Like, just put them down the drain or, yeah. you know, but a lot of that will depend on if it's an operation. So if they've been, you know, drafted in for that, they have to get results because... Well, yeah, spent the, the bosses—the bosses that aren't qualified—sign so yeah. all this stuff
1: off. Well, that was what went in my head. Is like, okay, so I'm I'm looking at, uh, let's say, twenty people there with dogs and all of that, and I'm like, the amount of money you guys have spent on your day here. Yeah there's no way the returns account for what you've done. So, what is it? Just a, it, like, it felt like a non-uniform day for them. Like You yeah. don't sit there all day and do nothing. You yeah. know what I mean? And, yeah, I, that, that is where the public, I feel a bit frustrated by it, um, especially when my tax bill comes in.
2: Yeah. Um, but... I think it's justified, though, Like as in, I don't, like this. like you say, and the public don't know. They only know what's... Released mm-hmm. unless you physically go through it yourself. Like so, you've seen it your firsthand. But when they release them statistics and say, "Oh, on this day we did a jo- massive drug operation and we got this many, we seized this much amount of this number of drugs, and uh, we have got this many convictions," the public go, "Oh, amazing! They're doing their job." But what they don't know is they're stopping people like you with two joints.
1: I interviewed an undercover uh, cop uh, years ago, and he basically through his undercover work, uh in his was all um he was a, a little sort of um what's the word? A little skinny guy. Um, <laughs> he uh, lit
2: the part. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. And he he was very uh good at just being like the geezer who was buying the drugs or whatever. And and it led him to feel like he basically totally changed his stance. Uh he felt like he was basically not getting the right people. Like, the people yeah. who are using the drugs, who are, in his eyes, pathetic, and not in, a, not in a discriminatory way, but, you know, just he felt sorry for them. Yeah, He, he was like, why am I taking down you when the real problem is far higher yeah. up and out of reach? And he, he, he basically changed his stance, and he said the only way around this is to decriminalize all drugs true. and actually give people support. Now, obviously, you've done a bit of this, and, you know, you said true there. Is that how you feel?
2: Yeah, but only now I've left. And I think really? a lot of, particularly like covert cops, you do see the worst of the worst, mm-hmm. And you know that it's not them. And even the dealers that you're bringing down, they're just the, the footmen. Yeah, they're small not.
1: potatoes. These, uh, the,
2: the real people that you're never getting near yeah. are real businessmen who have legitimate businesses. And yeah. that's why their businesses... Are so successful on that that track because they know what they're doing. They're businessmen, but you ain't getting near them. Yeah. Not in a million years are you getting near them.
1: Separate companies, different names, all sorts yeah. of things. Yeah,
2: like you're not getting near them. But I only only when I left and somebody sat and I had a chat um, with it. It's actually a massive big agency, and I they explained their point about legalizing drugs and you know making it safe, making having safe rooms for injection mm. and all stuff like that. And I was cause before I was like nope, no. no if, you've, if you break the law, that's it. If you break the law, you know that's a risk. You're making that decision. And <sighs> then they explained their side. I thought, actually, do you know what? Like, you're right, because I'd go and buy gear in a stairwell
0: mm-hmm.
2: from a kid. It would be a kid, like 16, 17, 18-year-old. Not all the time, but sometimes. After about, I don't know, what, depending on how long the operation would last, after a couple of months of me keep buying from that same person, they'd get nicked. When they get nicked, someone else just fills their shoes. That doesn't stop the that doesn't break down the supply of drugs in that area. They just get someone else to go and do that job.
1: Little kid, isn't it? I mean, he's probably got a little brother who's two years younger, or yeah. a mate, or whatever. And he's like, "Oh, cool, the spot free, I'll be sitting there." Yeah, and, um... and that's
2: genuinely how it works. And it was only when I thought about it like that, I thought that is ridiculous. Actually, like, mm. but when you're in the police, you're, oh, I don't like saying this, but you're a little bit institutionalised. Of course, you are because. You're like a dog, you're telling me all the time, oh, well done, you got a massive result, oh, amazing. So when I'm getting the praise and the pat on the head, I'm going to keep going back to do that because mm-hmm. they liked it when I did that last time, so I'm just going to keep doing it. And everyone
1: it. likes to hear, well done. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah. And
2: when you're told, amazing, mm-hmm. send her and she'll do it, and I'm like, yeah, I'll go. Like, I never said no. I was like, yeah, I'll go. And sometimes I didn't even know what I was doing. Like, yeah. I'd be like, yeah, I'll go, I'll go, just send me, I'll do it, and off I'd go. But on them... You must job,
1: have been a dream employee for that reason, do you
2: know, I was probably, yeah, not, not when I went for a divorce, but because <laughs> he was yeah. that was griefy, but I just thought, well, someone's got to do it, I'll do it. And like you said, then like everyone likes being told they're doing well. And um, mm-hmm. maybe I hate using the whole female thing, but maybe because I was a female and all my, all my colleagues were male in that unit, and they're like, and they, I thought they were really cool, by the way, when I did my course and they were telling me their stories about the stuff they'd done, I was like, oh, that is so... I would never be able to do that. That's amazing. You're so brave. And then I wanted to be a part of their clique. So I yeah. thought, well, the only way to get that is to just do all the jobs. And when they're telling you, nice one, you're like...
1: Oh, I'm getting respect from people I respect.
2: Yeah, like, I'm, this is amazing. And then yeah. they're like, do you want to come for a drink? And I'm like... I can come on your drinks. Like, yes, please. Like, yeah. And I thought, yeah, I've made
1: it. I really appreciate you being honest about that because it's not easy to admit when you've done things or said things that you look back at and you cringe a little Oh, yeah. But we've all done that. Yeah. And it's very... Like, you felt like you were climbing the ladder and this is how the police and the army and many other things that are difficult but that you sometimes end up doing things that maybe you look back at. Like, I've interviewed soldiers who've been to war who, like, they're like, what was I doing that for now? You know what I mean? So, you know, I respect you for admitting that. And also, like, the part, the the issue, the the, the elephant in the room that these laws are there um, is that people want to get high. Yep. And that is never going to go away. No. So to, to deny that and to make it illegal, you're, you're denying people an inevitability because people don't want to be in their consciousness all the time. No. And, um, and unfortunately, it is like poverty and, the, and the, the people right the way down who are the ones who get locked up. Yeah. But you, you know, you, they, never, they can never follow the money high enough because those people seem to be connected almost to the system you know, like if you look into, um, I had a, a guy on the podcast who, he looked into Bill Clinton, yeah. his involvement in the drug trade and it blew my mind. This was the president of the United yeah. States. We've currently got Joe Biden in America <laughs> who got, uh, the dinosaur that he is, who his son's laptop is, you know, oh, uh, yeah. they've, the, the, the amount of cover-ups that go on when when you're too high up to almost be touched, it's yeah. staggering. It's and shocking. people like you are just trying to do a good job for the community and you you know, you don't get told that at the start. No. Otherwise, who would do it?
2: No, and the drug stuff is, like you said, and it's 10 a penny. Like, mm-hmm. And that's, like, people go, oh, you're so brave. But the heroin and the crack stuff, yeah, that took, I actually had to engage in my brain and actually work. But anyone, like the Coke stuff, so you don't get them jobs to go and buy gear in a pub or mm-hmm. a club until you've proven yourself on the crap jobs, like the, the street stuff really so when you go but anyone can go in a pub and get gear like it, yeah. you just walk in and you know who's serving up don't you you just have to look around you go well, I'll go over there yeah so there was no particular skill
1: but you're you saying know. it was harder to do the heroin and stuff so much harder why is that well,
2: because it's not my natural habitat mm. you know i need to look why would i if i went in there looking like myself they'd yeah. be like get out <laughs> like, yeah
1: so how did you change your appearance and your and your act like was there things you would do
2: you probably won't believe that it could get worse, but I would change the way I speak. <laughs> I have the worst accent, I know. But, you know, I wouldn't speak like this. I'd I completely understand. I would adapt to yeah. for the people I'm talking to. Um, my clothes were pretty horrendous. I did find a pair of old TNs in my mum's um, shed, and they were pretty in a bad state. But you would wear them. I stunk. Uh-huh. My hair wouldn't be washed for days. And people would go, just put baby oil in it. i go, well, that smells nice. Like, that's not going to work, is it? Yeah. So I wouldn't wash my hair My teeth are not... I've got quite white teeth, um, so, I mean, I've I've spent a lot of time trying to get them to look like that. (laughs) But, but, you know, you don't want to go the bright white teeth. If you know, like, heroin and crack users don't have very nice teeth. I guess you do get functioning heroin users and you do get functioning crack users, but...
1: It's rare, isn't it?
2: The ones I'm trying to get to (laughs) aren't. um, So I would just look a complete state. You know, no nice nails.
1: Did you do any research into this or talk to anyone to figure this out?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So, this is so... Because it was so long ago. Uh. There wasn't... Like, online wasn't... We didn't really go online as much as we do now. Like, you know, Facebook was all quite new. and Uh. um, But there was a thing on... uh, I think it was E4, or Channel 4, I think it was then, called um, Ask Frank. And it was all about drugs. And, like, I was like, oh, this is really good. It tells you all these stories, like case studies... And then I would speak, I would literally go into custody at the police, at Bethnal Green Police Station. I'd say, like, look on the board, who's in? And I'd say to my sergeant, who's in for drugs? And he'd be like, you're mental. And I would just go and speak to him, like, how did you, how did you get into this? Like, what happened to you? And some of their stories were like, oh. Like, there's no... Some, I remember one guy, I'd actually arrested him, but he was, we nicked him for crack. And he was a high-flying, in the 80s, like a high-flying yuppie, worked in the city... Um, his brother had nicked some money off of his mum, so their mum had been um, had money stolen off of by one of their sons, and he'd hit his brother. Fair one, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he got arrested, but but he'd caused brain damage to the brother, so oh. he got arrested and put in prison, and he got on, on drugs in prison, and that, now he's, he came out fully fully on crack. No job, no house.
1: I understand that. You know, if you're locked up and you're going from someone who's a high flyer and all of a sudden life feels hopeless, you don't want to have to live in that reality. So you're checking out as best you can.
2: Yeah. And he said he would use coke sometimes at work because everybody did, he said. Yeah. And I was like, that's... I Looking at him, it sounds awful, but looking at him, I would never in a million years have thought that was his life before because he does not look like that now. You know, he's sitting in Watney Street Market in the underground car park smoking crack. But he had a massive, lovely apartment, and like the car it was a proper, proper yuppie, like what wow. you would imagine off the telly. And I felt, so, I felt sorry for him.
1: Did you have to ever try any hard drugs when in, in pretending to be in that life?
2: I didn't, but it was. Uh, I was asked to a lot by the people I was buying from. It, okay. That happened quite a lot.
1: How did you get out of that?
2: Uh, if it was heroin and crack. I used to try and use the boyfriend line because...
1: Buying it for your boyfriend? Yeah.
2: Oh, no, I can't. It's for my, for my man. Like, I can't yeah. do that. I need to hurry up. Let's go. Let's go. Like come That's on, a reasonable excuse, though. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of the time, they would just leave you alone because they think you've got a boyfriend.
1: And he's massive as yeah, well. Yeah, he's
2: really big. <laughs> <laughs> and he loses it when he's on crack. Yeah. <laughs> um, but with the, the Coke stuff, um, I had a couple, like... It, they all toot in front of each other, and I would just go... I'm not doing that, I'm a girl, I'm a lady, I don't do that, I'm not doing that. Like, no, what if my nose runs or something? Uh-huh. And then I just run off to the toilet and just put it in my pocket. <laughs> wow. But, yeah, and I remember once I was actually in a pub and the guy followed me in the toilet and I thought, oh, come on. And he was like, come on, we'll have a two of wine. And I was like, I've got my own. And I used to just play a bit stupid so I just think, she's just weird.
1: She's so you've never tried it, ever?
2: I've never done a drug in my life. <laughs> I've bought more drugs than anyone I know and I've never even smoked a joint. And I'm not even, I would die. wow that's so funny I I can't say all my friends because that's not fair but out of a lot of people I know I'm the only one that's never tried it in anything yeah
1: it's funny because when, when look I've got mates who are coppers and that like lads I went to school with and stuff and like some of the best stand up guys I've ever met but equally they say like there's a bit of a culture in the police of like, like to be to be in the police it's a bit like a lot of these sort of jobs where you're going to be in any sort of danger you're not "Quote unquote normal." You are on the edge a little bit. You, yeah. you have to have the fact that you want to deal with those kind of people every day, all day. Yes, you're going to get those straight edge people, but you are probably going to get some wild boys in there as yeah. well. So, did you witness police officers who were you were like, "You're a fucking copper"? Is this is this you? Is it?
2: Yeah, like, there, there was actually when I was in uniform, there was a guy, and he was like a bit of a cannon. Like I remember, he smashed the door in once, and I'm going to him, "It's not that one. It's that one." <laughs> That he wouldn't listen, and because I was like young in Sorry, service, I'm and, like, and it was just a welfare check. Uh-huh. Anyone else would have knocked on the door. Hello, anyone in there? So God knows what he got up to out of off, off duty, because he was just coming into work, just like mm. a bull in a china shop.
1: And th- there's a rumor that they're all sleeping together as well. That's the often thing. Um, <laughs> you, you, you've just looked at me like, yeah, that does that does happen a little yeah,
2: bit. I think that is in any. I'm, right, that is true there yeah. is a lot of that culture and because
1: n- if I was going to date a cop I would be like nah because I already know you're around um, too many alpha males <laughs> there's just too much going on there
2: it is true there yeah. is quite a incestuous yeah. it happens and I think it happens because you know what the other one's going through work so you you can have a chat when you get Also,
1: I guess if you're sitting in a car all day and you're talking about your life before you know it you're like oh we've got this in common oh we've got that in common then you go home maybe to some guy who doesn't connect with you on that level and all of a sudden you're feeling more of a connection to this new person or whatever
2: yeah it happens doesn't it the
1: thing about men is is if a female police officer looks good in uniform and we're just that's not none if if we're just walking (laughs) past that in the street you will kind of notice it a bit more you're like she could tell you what to do, couldn't she? Like, there's a little bit of... Little, you sorry. can arrest me. Sorry, this is how my fucked up brain works.
2: I should tell you, actually, of a funny story, because mm. it will make you laugh. When I was on my covert calls, you know, I said about that syndrome where you're in a bubble and you're just so, like, immersed in what you're doing mm-hmm. in your own little world. They... Um, this is really bad. There was a, ser- a scene where you have to do a court. Uh, so you act out a, a, a proper deployment. So when you're deployed, you get a set of instructions from your senior investigating officer... They read you your instructions, you sign them, they sign them. And it's basically to cover their backside. So that if, if for example, you do what some other covert officers do and go and have a baby with someone, they've told you quite right, like, you know, you've signed to say you, you're not allowed to do that.
1: You just said have a baby with someone. As in have a baby with someone you're undercover. Infiltrating, yeah. What? But you've infiltrated I wasn't truly.
2: <laughs> he, he did, yeah.
1: Behind enemy lines.
2: yeah. But that, wow So when that happened
1: that, that that really happened Yeah You said some officers Not even just one
2: It's out in the press So I can say that Oh
1: wow <laughs> it's No not no press. I mean like I'll
2: send you the link <laughs> no, I'm, I'm
1: certainly not I mean I'm surprised But now that you mention it Yeah like Men be like that um,
2: <laughs> But he was fully like in, in
1: Did he just leave behind The old life And was just like Actually not, in, I yeah. think I prefer this Yeah Wow
2: We get instructions to say Do not do this You're, We've told you haven't we You must not do this And then you sign it and on the course, they read me my instructions. I went off, did my role play, come back. And then I, we had a court scenario where I have to go through my deployment like I'm in court as a covert officer, which is actually quite scary. And when we was in the courtroom, I just sat there and I thought, oh, shoot, I've written the wrong date on my... Because I just signed it. But my senior investigating officer for this deplo- this pretend deployment, they told me he was from Portugal and he was over to see how the Met uh, teach covert operations. And I'm not going to lie, he was, he was a 10. Like He was, <laughs> he was, he was like a thought. I love it. He was really
1: handsome. Yeah, I've met men from Portugal. I hate them. And he uh, spoke,
2: he had his accent. And I was just, I was obviously not paying attention. But I'd been there for a long time. So I was in, I looked like a I hadn't showered for weeks. Uh, I looked just awful. And I'm thinking, oh my God, like you're, we don't have policemen like you. Wow, and I was just signing the thing. <laughs> and then when we got to the court, I this thought, really- oh, no, I've signed the wrong date. So I've stood in the box, and they're giving me grief, and I said, look, I've, I've signed the wrong date. I, I'm a, I am human. Everything else in my statement is completely correct, but I have signed my instructions on the wrong date, and that's totally on me.
1: I've also put my number down if the guy yeah. from Portugal wants it.
2: Well, this is this is where they got me. So then after at the end of it, they said, right, congratulations, you've passed, with all the rest of it. And then the, the Portugal... The Portugueseer came in, and I was like, "Oh, hello!" Like, I looked horrific, <laughs> and I'm like, "Hello!" Like, <laughs> and he went, "You're all right," in his accent, and it wasn't Portuguese. No, he was from Haringey. <laughs> I was like, "I thought he was from Portugal." And He was oh. like, "No, I'm, I'm a, you see, Haringey." I was like, "Oh," and I just didn't, it turned though. I didn't. I thought, "Oh, I don't like you anymore." <laughs> like, yeah. But it's true. Like, I was like, "How
1: did it feel knowing he duped you?"
2: Oh. Uh,
1: did you feel foolish?
2: I don't like to be, like, made to feel stupid, but it was quite funny. Like, I took it on the uh, chin and just went,
1: ah. Oh, did it give you an appreciation, I suppose, for what the victims, and well, uh, the criminals, rather, that you've duped go through? Like, because at that point, I don't know, had you done that much at that point?
2: At that point, no, I hadn't even been deployed. And, do you know, it, I, I have got people that I've infiltrated and I feel really bad. Even to this day, I feel bad. Oh. And then there's others that I'm like because of it's you, people like you that have been convicted that's what I joined the police for and okay. that's what I wanted I wanted people like you to be taken off the streets but then on the flip side there's others and I'm like oh, I, I think about it all the time and I say I talk to Ben about it I, should, I keep saying Ben's my partner and I'll talk to him all the time and I'll be like oh, yeah but sometimes I think about that and he's like that was like 15, 20 years ago why are you thinking about that and I'm like well you just don't know do you like what's, where are they in life now what are they doing now did that I impact think their great life
1: that you still have that in you though because if you didn't, Well then, you're kind of a sociopath, really. If you don't like have any emotion, even if people are doing wrong, you have no compassion at all. That would mean that you're in the police for the wrong reasons instead of the right reasons. So, and I have watched some documentaries or in films where there's like movie storylines where, like Donnie Brasco, even this uh, for those who don't know was a cop who went into the mafia and then ended up sort of really liking some of the guys he was trying to take down. But even then, like that was a different level. Um, You know, I'm sure that some of the people that when you like you say, you get to understand the reasons why people are where they are, and it changes how you're perceiving the crime. At the end of it, yeah. I suppose.
2: But yeah, there's been operations where I'm infiltrating gangs, uh-huh. and I will like a couple of them, and I think, oh, you're gonna get tied up in this. And yeah. I, you and think?
1: Do you look at them and think you could have been something, or you see the it's potential? Circumstance, in them. it's yeah. literally
2: circumstance. Like, where, the, and it sounds awful, but a lot of it is in poorer places, and. Mm-hmm you know, they'll be in the pub and they'll be talking about what they're going to do next and I'm thinking, if only you just can't make it that day <laughs> like and you can't go and carry that out, you won't get done for it. Mm. But you, I know you're going to go because you think they're all your friends and you're all buddies and you're all looking out for each other.
1: Ice Cube said it best. Uh, it, there's a line he says in a, the song where he goes, they give us uh, guns and drugs and then wonder why the fuck we are thugs. And yeah. it, it's like a class issue as well, yeah. isn't it? And did they, did you ever feel like, There's a, like, did that dawn on you that this is almost a deliberate thing here?
2: I felt like I didn't at the time know, and it's only since I've left, Mm. you see, you look back at it and see it differently. Mm. When I was in, honestly, I was so, I loved my job. I thought it was the best thing in the world. And I never went home and thought, oh, I wish I didn't do that today. I went Mm. home and thought, can't wait to go back. Like, I can't wait to be, de- I hope they redeploy me. Or if like times they would say that they might stop end X and they might not do it anymore, I'd be like, oh, I hope they do a couple more just to see if we can push it a bit further. And I I liked it. Mm-hmm. Like, I liked my, I thought it was brilliant. But it's now I've left and I look back and I'm like, actually, some of that's not, why did I do that? Yeah. Like, oh, that's a bit weird, but.
1: You know, the person you said you were particularly reminiscing about yeah, that one person you talked to your husband about, your yeah. partner. What was it that made you feel,
2: you know? So um, I'll tell you what the job was, Mm. and you'll go, oh, my God. Uh, It was a festival job, and it was around the time where there'd been lots of um, bad pills on the market and people were dying from taking these pills. So they deployed myself and another UC into a festival. Mm -hmm. They gave us a Winnebago. But at the time, we're like, Winnebago? You go what festival? And I'm not. I'm not a festival type girl.
1: It does feel like a fun job, that yeah. Know? But it was
2: fun. Like mm. I, that's my worst nightmare of festival. I need. A shower, and so they gave us a winner. Another job
1: where I don't get a shower. Yeah,
2: right. but no. To be fair, the winner had a shower. But, <laughs> um, but and it was it was for, and it wasn't in London. It was out. It was up north, and it was to buy drugs at a festival. Which, as you can imagine, is not a difficult job to have.
1: Mm. I mean, can we arrest everybody here?
2: Yeah. It was like yeah. you walk into the dance tent. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Some of the music was pretty decent,
1: mm.
2: and you'd walk in the dance tent and you go. well, <laughs> who, who? It was literally like shooting a fishing. Which one are we going to go with here? Because everyone's gurning.
1: That seems so pointless.
2: It's so pointless. But uh. we got obviously got crazy results. Absolutely crazy. And there when was you say crazy
1: results. What kind of what you
2: huge amount of drug? Um, we took a lot of drugs off off that for sale. And but there was one guy in there that was he was organized crime. He was in there. He was he was a proper dealer. I didn't really have any sympathy for him outside of it. But there was another guy and it was just literally, we looked at him and we'd seen him serving up and we went over and said to him, got anything? And he went, yeah, yeah, what do you want? And he didn't have enough on him. He only had a little bit. So he took us back to his tent, served us up in his tent. And I said, and I remember like thinking and saying, we spoke, I can't remember exactly the words, but I said to my colleague, he's young him, like, you know, along them lines. And he went, yeah, but everyone was young, but like we just thought he was a bit young. And he got nicked, obviously for possession uh, with intent to supply. He served us up, and it went to court. And a lot don't go to court, but it went to court. And he was a, a student, a law student, oh. and his dad was a lawyer. And when we got to court, he was stood there, and honestly, I just felt I felt like I don't know I'm allowed to swear, but oh, you are. I just felt like shit. I thought really? this is this is this is this is really messed up. Like this, he's not. Yes, he is a drug dealer. He served me up but he's not a drug dealer. What
1: you're saying is his life wasn't planned out for him to deal drugs for the... He wasn't wasn't a no-hober. He was someone who was probably doing it on the site to make some extra cash at uni.
2: And I don't even think I I would... Of course he said he didn't do it outside of the festival. I actually believe he didn't. I don't think he was a drug dealer outside the festival. I think he's got himself some gear and he's just thought, I can mark up on this because we're in a festival. And that's literally it. Um, I
1: mean, I, how many people probably do feel that? Way? Oh, yeah.
2: I just and I just felt awful, and I remember going to court and looking at him, and I felt so bad. Did he
1: look you in the eye?
2: No, he won't look at me. And his dad, his dad did. But I. Actually, what
1: did his dad look at you like?
2: He was angry. Really? His dad was angry, but I, I kind of understand why. Hmm. I think he was probably equally as angry of his kid for being stupid and doing it, but.
1: Did you have to give a statement uh, on the stand or anything like that?
2: I didn't have to. In the end, they, I, they asked <coughs> to go, and then I didn't have to give. I didn't have to give evidence. Can you
1: remember what you got or anything like that? He
2: went to prison, but I don't know what he got. Did he?
1: Mm. Fuck me.
2: Yeah. And then I felt just and obviously then that's his career. But he
1: must had a lot of lot of stash on. He had a
2: kit on him. Yeah. yeah they, they literally scooped his tent up.
1: Oh right. Okay. Yeah. So it was. It was. Yeah. But
2: you're not like. Yes, he was serving up at the festival. He definitely was. I witnessed him doing it, and he served me. Mm. But not outside of that. And And I'm not saying that... Would a criminal
1: record uh, prevent him from being a lawyer?
2: I think so, yeah. He would have got kicked out of uni.
1: Yeah. I mean, at least he's got his uh, rich lawyer, dad. Dad, yeah. Don't feel that Do you know what
2: I mean, though? Money's good. Yeah, yeah. dad (laughs) dad was wealthy, but I just felt bad. Yeah. You know, and as a parent as well, like, if that was my child, and my daughter does know absolutely everything, she's 18 and she knows everything, Um, if that happened to her... I, and it was literally like a, an isolated weekend uh-huh. and her whole life now is not ruined because I know he can pick it back up but the life that they planned now isn't going to plan I would feel really crap uh, about that
1: I've seen a case in America where there was a they picked this like very good looking policewoman who's a young policewoman to be like the girlfriend of this guy and next thing he knows she's going to get drugs for her and then when he gives them to us, she's like, got you. Yeah. And like, that's a sort of like crap that I think rubs people up the wrong way because it's like, you're basically like, you, any lad who would do that, you know what I mean? Like for yeah. a good looking girl. It like, is I,
2: funny because when you're like, people always thought, don't forget, I was a lot younger than I am now mm. and I weighed about three or four stone lighter than <laughs> I am now. And I didn't have lines or anything like that. <laughs> But when you're younger and you're it sounds bad but you're giving men or males attention and a little stroke on the arm oh, and a yeah. little giggle at their stupid joke <laughs> they they will do what you want them to do do you hear that lads at home <laughs> yeah, this sorry. is how easy it is <laughs> I don't know if they'll go oh I wouldn't yeah yeah well
1: we'll see <laughs> no a million percent of the, you know that men are motivated by women yeah like we are and uh, I remember even being like 80, 19 years old and thinking I want to make money and my dad saying why do you want to make money so I can get women yeah, you know what I mean. Like so, like if 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 a girl at that age, I remember girls when I was going out in Newcastle asking, "Can you get some coke and stuff like yeah. that?" Like, and it does make you go in your head, like probably uh, give yeah. us five minutes. Like yeah. you know, um, it's
2: true. And with, from our perspective, when you're doing it in a covert capacity, obviously there needs to be some intelligence. You can't just go up to a random guy and go, "Can you get me?" And he'll go, "Yeah," mm. and then that's it because that would be entrapment. Um, but
1: well, it would be that easy, though, is the point.
2: But yeah. if I know that it's in there and I've got a pretty good idea who's mm. serving it up and I'm not making them do something they wouldn't ordinarily do and they're willing to serve it up because they normally do it, mm. then that's fine. And that that's that's just how it works. So like, more to do with clubs and pub work than mm. uh, street stuff. Streets, no-one's looking at anyone in the streets. Yeah. Like, that's just... Um, but I've, I had another job where it was at... This is actually awful, but... Um, it was a cannabis job, which sounds it sounds bad, but it was on a very, very large scale. Mm-hmm. Um, and two other UCs had tried to nut into them this this gang, and they'd been bumped. They'd been told to literally f off copper, like they knew they were old. It was brilliant. It's genius. Um, and they were like, "Can you go?" And I said, "Yeah, I'll go." And I thought, oh, and I was nervous about that because I thought, "What if I, I'd never been bumped? I'd never come back without buying before." Oh
1: so you had a good track record. Oh
2: yeah, I, like yeah. I, so this
1: is is this your ego partly to I, play? You're like I wanna keep I don't that. wanna
2: don't wanna fail, yeah. yeah. I'm like, oh I wanna like I wanna be I wanted to be a part of the clique. I oh. wanted to stay with them the bigger the bigger boys. Oh. Um and I went to this it was a snooker, in a snooker club. <laughs> it's really nice. The
1: crayers just playing pool.
2: Yeah, and I pressed the yeah to press a bell to get in. And then they opened the door, electronically opened, obviously, because they had CCTV everywhere. Their operation was pretty good, actually. Uh-huh. And I went in, and there was, like, snooker tables, no balls, no cues. I was like, what the fuck is this? And then there was another door, so I just kind of shuffled to the other door, pressed the bell, and then I was let through another door. And then I was locked between two doors. One door had, like, a little hatch in it. Uh-uh. And, other, and he, like, opened the door. He's like, what do you want? And I went, <laughs> 20? Because I don't really know what I'm doing in here. And he went, yeah, one minute. And he served me up, and I was like, oh, wicked. Come out, I was, I was quite happy, because yeah. I knew two had been... And they, the other two had been bumped, and I hadn't, so I was really happy. So I went skipping off down the road, got back down the white today, and they were like, tomorrow, I'd go back. I was like, yep, go back tomorrow. Went back again. And when I went back on the second one, and i have knocked between these two doors, the guy went to me, um, uh, where do you live then? And I was like, oh, I live at such and such. I live with my nan, because I thought, you know, my nan, no-one knows my nan. They? If I say I live with a boy, they might go, who's your boy?" Like, so... Good idea. I'm with my nan, because I'm in this area and I'm not from around here. And he went, so why did you walk yesterday when you left? Why did you walk up and so? And he gave me my route back, and I thought, how does he know that? Because no one was following me. No,
1: nah, the take shit seriously, don't they?
2: They had cameras on the buildings, like, in the surrounding area of this tennis Tennis club, this snooker club, and I thought, but I could, I didn't know that then. And I went, what?
1: So if you'd hopped in a van close by, they'd have been They'd
2: have got me, yeah. Oh, they would have probably let me back in and... Give me a kick in, yeah. and I was like, "Oh, because I had to go to my friends." Um, and and I was like, "How oh, does he know that?" And I couldn't work it out. And what served me up when I and I, so I thought I need to like walk now the way that I've just said I live. And when I got back, and I said, to, he said he asked me about the way I walked, and he knew where I'd gone. And they were like, "What?" And that they didn't know. The team didn't know either. So they sent a night team out, and then that's when they saw they had CCTV on all the flats in this area, like their own CCTV for their own operation. Um, and then I went back again and then this time he opened but they didn't know who it was they had a good idea but they weren't sure and then this time they op- he opened the, the whole door to me and yeah it was amazing in there he had all these cameras and I was like this is a proper job I've,
1: I've been in a similar place like, this, like uh, in Barcelona I went last year I wanted to get myself some, you know, some weed. So I was like, okay, well, how do you do this? Because I didn't realize it wasn't legal over there. <laughs> so there's these, like, just like you've just described as well. You yeah. go through these big, massive doors, and there's a guy like, what do you want? And then, <laughs> yeah. and then like, all right, where are you from? You know, you have to ask all these yeah. all these questions. And then eventually they open this door, and I'm at one of the most lovely places I've ever been in my life. I'm like, <laughs> you, I, I felt like it was better than this. Like, I was like, wow, okay, then. Um... But yeah, like the, it feels like um, that sort of when they've got it locked down like that, you have to be very convincing before they like. So yeah. you, you must have been golden girl at that point.
2: Oh, they were very happy, but oh. then they kept buying, kept buying, kept buying, kept buying. This went on for months. Wow. And he was like, why,
1: "Why did they leave it that long?"
2: Because they wanted to know who else was involved in it. There was so much to it. Like they were a proper organised crime group. It mm. was really cool—not cool, but cool—for me to work on it. Mm. Um, and. He went. Can I, I want to take you out, and I was like, "Oh, that was a matter of time before this, this become a thing." Oh wow! And um, I was like, "Oh, maybe, maybe." Can I
1: just? <laughs> I love it when you do this. Sorry, totally, <laughs> No, because it helps us imagine how you won them was, over. Yeah.
2: Ridiculous, I am. Yeah. Um, and I was like, "Oh," he's like, "Give me your number," and I'm like, "No, you give me your number." because now I've got some more, I'm thinking, Oh, I've got intelligence, because mm. the geek in me is like geeking out that I'm now going to get go back with a phone number. And he went, all right, so he put his number in my phone. Um, he did ring his phone from my phone, so then he did have my number. Um, not my real number, obviously. And then, you have a
1: dodgy phone sort of thing?
2: Yeah, a, we call it a dirty phone. Okay. Um, and off I went again, and then they said, are you comfortable wearing a Y like a camera? I was thinking, well, I am, because like, the guy's very, very comfortable with me now. Like He has the door open, he's there in his vest. He's like, all <laughs> his, on his door, like, door wheel, he's fling. Uh, um, what
1: was he like, specifically? He was a Did you ever end up going out or anything? Or? No. <laughs> no, no. I, I didn't mean that in a romantic <laughs> sense. I meant like as part of this whole... No. No, so no. it didn't go that far then.
2: No, and then I, so I, wore the, I said, yeah, I'll wear it. Because mm. I thought, he's quite cool with me now. Um, so I wore, wore my camera. They were very happy with all the because when he opened the door, you could see their whole setup. It was incredible. Um, so we got some good imagery. Got you know we've got his number now, which is all brilliant work. And then when they were going to go and nick him or nick them, they wanted me to go in and buy to see who was in there, leave, and then they were all going to storm it to nick him or nick the group that was in there, depending on who was in there. And off I've gone, bought the gear, come back out, and I'm like, yeah, he's in there, and this one's in there, that one's in there. And then my phone rang, and it was him. And then I could hear them, like, raiding the place. I could hear the police on the phone raiding it, because he's on the phone to me, and he's dropped the phone. And they're like, get down! <laughs> dad, it's and he's like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And then, I never, that was the last time I heard from him. But he was, like, on the phone, like, going, oh, it's really nice to see you. That is mental. I'm like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs>
1: no... I just love the fact that you're like just tootling away. I'm like away. walking
2: away. <laughs> <on>. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. But that was a good. I, loved, I enjoyed that because they, they were tied to other crimes. So although I was only buying cannabis, they were tied to a lot of other horrible stuff. You
1: don't have a setup like that by accident. No. No, no, these,
2: no, not from cannabis. Yeah,
1: the, the, that's why I made the joke about the crayers playing pool because that's the type of shit where we've seen these these people do physical harm to people. Yeah. Clearly,
2: yeah, they were they were into trafficking and all.
1: You're not that scared. For no, like for cannabis yeah. you know what I mean like there's you're locking yeah. shit down for a good reason and um, yeah trafficking you mean like human trafficking yeah. girls and stuff like that mm, yeah trust in that so, that's in the news a lot at the moment
2: yeah um, and it's, it's,
1: it's did you ever deal with anything like that
2: not I wasn't present when it happened, when yeah. there was some things going on um, where I was on the arm of other UCs where they would be doing their work and I would just be the girlfriend.
1: Oh, okay, so you had the other... Um, that's how
2: good I was. I was just the ditzy girlfriend on yeah. his
1: arm. <laughs> but that makes sense, So, like, because they need these men to have uh, plausible stories. Yeah. So you acting as the girlfriend, uh, did you... Uh, what kind of things happened in those scenarios then?
2: A lot of it was in not in English, so a lot, most of the time I had no idea what was going on. Wow. <laughs> and I would just... Do you know what? I, actually, there was one where I actually couldn't believe how many women are involved in it. Because in your brain, or what we see, it's all like these gangs of men, and, mm-hmm. and it's not all men. There are women involved in this. And women are more trusting, aren't they? And they will literally be like the hook to these young girls.
1: Dude.
2: And it'll be a woman uh. saying come and come here so, or?
1: so this is what Andrew Tate did. I don't know if you know who Andrew Tate is, but yeah. he, he got his, like, main girl uh, by his own admission to be the one to then contact the girls and tell them how great it is. Yeah. And then when he went to Romania, he had um, a former police woman working for him as the head, you know, the girl who basically keep all these other girls in line. And even uh, Epstein, you know, like yeah. he obviously had um, Ghislaine.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, because... It, you almost, they do the dirty work for these kind of people. You know.
2: Yeah, it's true. It is. And it, 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 that's that was something that really like shocked me. I was like, oh, because you wouldn't imagine, You don't. You don't imagine it, do you? You think it's just big, horrible, bad men. And-
1: but you have to. You have to make them care almost, and make them feel like they're part of it. So there's this thing that I learned about coercion. Yeah, like, I didn't really understand what that meant until the last yeah. few months of like. You, it's almost like Stockholm Syndrome type thing where you yeah. make these girls feel like they're a part of something or that you care about them and that you'll look after them and yada, yada, yada. Meanwhile, yeah. you're just using them for all the money but they, they've had such bad lives before they get there that often this is some of the first times they've experienced what feels like a man who cares in any way, shape or form. Yeah. Um, so yeah, does that all...
2: And I think as well they'll probably feel like if they leave, then what? where do you go from there then
1: yeah where's the security yeah you know what? right now I've got a job I've got a guy here who yes he's, he's fucking other women but essentially he's daddy or whatever yeah. they're calling him and they, they, they feel like that's the best option because of the horrible life they've had and a lot of that's why they, they, these men pick girls who are from rough circumstances yeah. and like eastern European girls and stuff like that
2: yeah, I think that happens, and I think, I think, I think that's probably happened for decades and decades. Oh, again, yeah. it's only now we're all talking about it.
1: But, but, but I mean, it's taken us till now, I guess, to catch up to these kind of people. Yeah. You know, the internet is helping us actually like document that sort of stuff. It's a
2: double edged sword, isn't it, with the internet? Because in one breath, we're talking about it, and it's brilliant that we're talking about it, so people mm-hmm. go, "Actually, that's not normal." And then the other side is the internet's uh, facilitating it because they are able to reach more people. They, you know, you, you can reach so many more people than oh, having yeah. to physically go to these locations. Because that's what used to happen. You'd literally physically go to places and <laughs> like these criminals would infiltrate young girls who are in poor circumstances. Mm-hmm. Whereas now, they just, it's online. It's actually... It's, it's all it's, online. It,
1: they're probably able to get way more women on scale because... That message that you send, like as we've seen with some of these cases now that are being documented, they're sending them to hundreds and hundreds yeah. and hundreds of young girls. Yeah, it's crazy. As you mentioned earlier, you were younger, and you could obviously make yourself look even younger, yeah. which made you an ideal candidate for um, catching some of these horrible uh, men out there who are looking for these young girls.
2: Yeah.
1: What was that experience like?
2: One of the stories I was sent, to there was an area where there was a lot of sexual crime happening against women um, and they, it was progressing to rape and stuff like that. And they, it was in Brixton and they said, Dan, we'll chuck you out if you don't mind. It, normally on a Friday, Saturday night, we, we think we know who it is. Um, we've, got, we've had surveillance on him, but he hasn't done anything while we've had surveillance on him. But if we chuck you out, we reckon he'll take you. And I was like, fine. But in my head, although I know why I'm there, I'm thinking, it never happened because it don't happen. I've been there loads of times, these don't happen. And then the night, one of the nights I was deployed, they said, we've got him, he's... And you never wear an earpiece, ever, but on this one, they let me wear an earpiece, purely because we're in comms. And they said, we've got him. He's, he's coming out of this pub. And I was like, wicked. Like, this... I wasn't even expecting to see him. They're like, go, like, just do your thing. So I've gone down this road, it's a bit dark, got my handbag, I've just chucked it on the floor, making it out I'm a bit drunk. And he's come over, and I'm thinking, oh, my God. He's going kind to of actually, like we're on it and um, I'm
1: you know, sorry just the excitement yeah, that's coming like, from you like, it's, so, it's so twisted isn't it what do you think about but I it? want
2: the result I'm yeah. like yeah this is amazing and I'm like oh yes and he's come over and I'm thinking here we go he picked all my stuff up gave it back to me in my bag and didn't want to touch me right? so I was like I don't know if I'm really really offended that you are, I'm not suitable for your, or really relieved that you've not done it But when I got back to the Nick, they all thought it was hilarious. Like they like that is the funniest thing ever. Like they are quite certain it's him. (laughs) He didn't didn't want did they ever get him? Yeah, they did, but not with me because I wasn't good enough. <laughs> was wow. He looked at me and went, Oh, no, thanks, I give me back. <laughs> but, like, well, that's like well, when I got back, they all just was cracking up. Going, oh,
1: were well, they taking the piss out? Yeah, they out were you like, going, No, you, got, you must <laughs> be uh, fit enough for him. Yeah, they're like,
2: You're too old for him now. And I'm like, no Shut way. up. I'm like, It was freezing as well. Um, but that was like.
1: Maybe it was just a bit cold from the, you know.
2: But then another job, and like, yes, that was a serious job. But there was another one where they said, um, It's uh, in Finchley or in Barnet. Um, there's a guy, he's he's committed over 120 offences on schoolgirls, and it's all the same school uniform. Some of the girls were repeat victims.
1: Well, you say things sometimes, and I'm like, whoa. Yeah. 120 offences on schoolgirls.
0: Yeah.
1: What what does that mean in terms of, like, because not every offence is the same, is that right? Like, yeah. So are we saying, like, one attack could be, like, 10 offences, for example? Does that mean... Are you talking yeah. about 120... Individual, individual incidents? Yeah. How can that...
2: So he there was he was CCTV aware. They had one image of him, and it was so grainy you couldn't make it out. Some of the girls were repeat victims, so not because he knew who he had attacked. He didn't. He just saw the school uniform, and that was it it. But there was a couple of girls that had been attacked, and then changed their route to school, and he got them again. And he, he didn't. He just had no idea that he'd already done it. What was
1: the extent of his sort of getting them? What, what were we talking about? Some
2: uh, he started off with a bit of touching, you know, over clove touching. And then each one was getting a bit worse. OK. Um, but the one... So uh, the worst one was the one that happened to me, which is good that it was me and not one of the girls. OK. They said, basically, look, we've tried surveillance, we've tried absolutely everything we can think of, but we just can't get this guy. He's just too aware. Um, we're going to put a decoy out, you, in the school uniform and see if we can get him. So for two weeks, I stood at this particular bus stop. And My phone, my dirty phone rang, and it was the senior investigator, and she said, end X, come back to the safety and um, we've tried, but he obviously he's not taken the bait. So I was like, okay. So it's Friday morning. I'm walking back, started to walk back. And for some reason, I just, like, turned like this. And I saw this man creeping like that behind... Do you know the way it's got, like, a wall and then a bush above it? He was, like, creeping around it like this. But I didn't think anything of it. And then I heard, like, this, like, tapping. And as, as I went to turn, he's got me around the throat and he's just pulled me to the floor and ejaculated all over me. But I... I was in shock, of course, because I just was not expecting it. Uh-huh. I, I really didn't think he would get me. I, I didn't think it would happen. But there was a safety team on that, so that if he did get me, they would come and get him. So we had someone in our house. We had bin men coming.
1: Ah. And,
2: and it felt like he was, like...
1: He was on the Truman Show. He didn't realise it, basically. He didn't, know. Yeah.
2: But they got him, and... Um,
1: you said he grabbed you by the throat and pinned you down. How quick did it go from him first grabbing you to the end of the incident
2: He so he grabbed me from behind uh-huh. and then he like was there and then he just he on so I had a camera on my back and when he was creeping he was masturbating okay, to me, okay. to me. so okay. he, he got him to the point of
1: uh-huh.
2: he needed to be at and uh-huh. then he just all over me
1: how right okay so this is a mentally traumatic event for any woman even I would assume a woman who is sort of prepared for it to some yeah. degree when you're leaving that Moment after they've grabbed him, I'm assuming they pounced on him.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay, don't worry, Danny. We've got we've got him. You know, you go away and sort yourself out. What was that moment like for you? Because on the one hand, you've done an amazing job. Yeah. You've gotten a predator away from real endangered kids, but on the other hand, you're probably feeling a bit not good.
2: I was, I was, I don't. I don't really remember the feeling of it at the point of it. I was treated like a victim because obviously they needed to get all the clothing off of me they needed to take a proper statement and I obviously I write a statement myself but they had to take a proper victim statement um, but it's the same old thing where they went back he was obviously taken away I was taken to a different place I got all the clothing everything else and then they reviewed the camera footage quick to see what we could... Because it's not always guaranteed what you're going to get. Well, uh-huh. got, like, angles are terrible.
1: You said the camera was pointing behind you, it right? it was behind
2: me, so we had no idea so what... where's
1: that, on your jacket or something? On or? a bag, on, oh. The
2: rucksack. Oh, wow. But you don't, I don't know what angles okay. I'm getting. If it's at the front, I'm happy because I know it's going to be like probably getting someone's face. Okay. But on the back. You don't know? No idea. Um, but we got what they called the money shot of him unzipping and we, we got the whole thing of him... So, he's, you know, his intent was quite clear. Uh-huh. Um, but I was told how great it was.
1: Again, positive reinforcement. Yeah. So it didn't necessarily affect you in the way that maybe no. people out there would think it might.
2: I thought I'd done a good job. And I, I, genuinely, that's probably one of the best jobs I've ever done in my career. Because I, as cheesy as it sounds, I did make a difference because... Absolutely. I got a letter from, a couple of letters, but one of them in particular from the, one of the girl's mums, and she'd oh, wow. said, it was so, and I'm not an emotional person, I don't cry much. But I did nearly cry at that one. Really? And she'd said that the little girl had... She was one of the girls that had been dumb twice. And she... Now the, the little girl knew that, that he'd been put in prison or had been arrested. She could now sleep at night. She was no longer taking sleeping tablets and she didn't wet the bed anymore. Jesus. And I thought, that's actually...
1: I've just got, like... Goosebumps.
2: Yeah, I felt yeah. like that's what I joined for. You don't think that consciously. Yeah. You don't sit there and go, I want to join the police to make it. You don't think that. But ultimately, you do want to because why else would you join?
1: That's amazing, police yeah. work. And look, I mean, I'm sure, like anyone who's been through anything like that or just, this is what we appreciate about the cops. Do you know what I mean? This is the yeah. good work that cops do. And that's the the ugly side of the job where, I mean, no no person out there wants to go through that, but you did that so that other people could be safe. And that's really you know, we appreciate you people like that. And um, yet, to have gone through that and to just not have the aftermath that a lot of people would have done, you must be very resilient.
2: I think as well, um, I was was really lucky to have that job. I was going through a very messy divorce at the time. Mm. And if I never had that job, um, my job where I could be a different person, I was living two lives. And if I never had the other life, I think the divorce would have wrecked me. Like
1: so, that was your outlet. Yeah, I Uh, could
2: literally go to work and be my uh, my alter ego. Okay, whatever that might be for the day, I could be my other person. Uh But I think and like divorce is so traumatic, isn't it? It's awful. Like it's it's hardcore. Mm. And I don't want to give it airtime because it's not worth it. But um, well, I
1: mean, there's people who genuinely commit suicide through that. It's so hard, especially when
2: you've got children involved. It's like awful. And I was really fortunate to have the job that I had that I could just literally put that to one side and not have to think about it and, and literally until I come home.
1: Well, that's a really interesting dynamic of your life then because on, on the one hand, you're going out there and doing this sort of thing, but on the other hand, you are a normal person who has a has a, has a life at yeah. home. So how did the undercover work conflict with, I mean, uh, did that have any impact on why you got a divorce? Or
2: Yeah, no, definitely. He didn't know what I did and uh, found a phone and thought it was someone else and the best bit is if he'd seen the guy the real guy that was behind the messages he would have been like Ugh.
1: so he found the dirty phone which yeah. you know it, in many people who cheat on their other half have a have a secret phone yeah. my mate calls it the bat phone <laughs> um, but so he assumed that this was you were up to no good I understand that you're not supposed to tell people what you're doing but equally a lot of people would have assumed that you in that scenario would have been open with your partner why did you keep that from him
2: because literally I was told not to tell anyone Mm. Um, and the only person knew was my dad and that was only because he if something happens to you they need to ring someone they 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 don't want to ring someone and go she's been doing this and this has Mm. happened Um, so my dad knew what I did
1: did you tell him once he found the phone
2: yes and would you believe that Uh, I don't know. No, he didn't believe it. And to be honest, it was—I think for both of us—it was just an, a good out. It was a good point of to go. Okay. There was nothing to fight for. It was very convenient.
1: And and whether or not you're telling the truth, I guess uh, you know the the trust issue. If it if if it's there, it's always going to be a problem, isn't yeah. it? So I mean, look. Uh, that must have been really difficult to go through such stress while then risking your life out on the streets the way you were. Even if you are resilient, you're a single woman after that. Yeah.
0: What
1: What, what was that like going from being in a relationship to then that, and then you're also an undercover cop?
2: It was hard. I had my daughter then, so uh-huh. it was really hard for childcare. Like.
1: Oh wow. Because <sighs> you're doing night shift and all sorts, right? Yeah. Like <laughs>
2: you're. you're in whatever time you're required you need to be there don't mm-hmm. you so and a lot of it is late afternoon evening work because that's the nature of the job mm-hmm. um, mum guilt would be horrific like so
1: explain mum guilt
2: oh god like it's the worst guilt yeah. ever you'd I would literally put her to bed my mum would come over and then I would go off and do whatever it was I was doing like buying whatever or not always buying sometimes I was just infiltrating Um and then I'd get home two hours before she wakes up and then I would get her ready for school and then I'd be going like, back to work to do something else. So I was literally living on, like, I, I wasn't eating and yeah. I wasn't sleeping much and anyone who knows me knows I like a lot of sleep.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and I was just, I would miss school things, like, all oh. the time. Every school thing I would miss. And then I'd feel really bad, like, really bad. And I'd say to the teachers, oh, I'm not going to be able to make parents' evening. But at the same time, I needed to work because I needed the money because I'd left the family home with Amelia. <coughs> so I had to go and find another house.
1: You sort of split yourself as two different people. Yeah. Was there moments where that mum guilt would override? So let's say you're in, you're in the van, you're on the way to a job, and then would you have these moments oh, like of worrying about, am I there enough? I'm missing her. I want to be there for her. I'm missing this. I'm missing that. Or were you able to just switch off and be quite... Just completely this different person.
2: Yeah, the, the latter. I would just not even think. Wow. Just and I do that quite a lot with mm-hmm. not not so much now because I overthink quite a lot. Mm-hmm. So and I, I'll think about things from then and like start thinking about it now and then Ben will be like, "What?" Mm. And I'll be like, "Yeah, but oh, maybe I should have done." that. Like, "That's mental."
1: I've heard fighters say things like this before. I interview a lot of fighters and they're about to go into a cage and beat the crap out of another <laughs> man and oh he, he he beats them up and they like there was one guy who gave a famous speech where he was like I've got a kid on the way I've got this happening I've got that happening I don't give a shit all I want to do is get in there and do this you have to get yourself into that frame of mind
2: yeah think about the job in hand
1: absolutely because when it's life and death you can't you can't uh, I I assume you can't put yourself in a position where there's vulnerability there's any weakness there's any because if you're doing that you're not then going to perform
2: no yeah I'm very like well I was very like that where I would just completely forget about it and then when I, like, kind of left, or when I did have time off, I massively overcompensated, like, to a whole new level. Oh, did you
1: struggle to say no to your kids and oh. stuff like that? Are you soft?
2: I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm the strict one. Oh, no. Yeah. I'm the strict one, mm-hmm. but they don't go without anything.
1: In terms of when you're dealing with these pedos and you're trying to bring them down, I think you mentioned something somewhere when I'm reading up on you about people you never thought it would happen with. Was there a cop? Am I right in thinking there was a cop who had something on his computer or whatever?
2: Yes. I did actually someone told me this recently, it's not um I don't believe it's in the press, but okay. somebody that I knew personally who I thought was a great, great copper. Really? Brilliant copper. Is now in prison for uh indecent imagery.
1: You can barely say that. I, I,
2: I you, when, can, you
1: can barely believe
2: I, that. I, I genuinely can't. I w I would never uh
1: uh-huh.
2: um when when my family my, my it was my dad who told me he said, you're not going to believe what happened. And he told me, because my dad knew him as well, uh-huh. and said, you're not going to believe what's happened, it's, and told me, that, and I was just like,
1: "Yeah, What? I, what? I had a similar moment, actually. Well, not, not quite the same, but there was a guy who... Um, you know, like, you have your main circle of friends and then you have the odd, the one who every... Like, you see him like, once every six months. <laughs> and you'll just appear in a bar and you'll be like, oh, you all right, mate? And he was a, a guy who used to work with a friend in my circle. And I kind of knew him but didn't know him well. We knew that when he went to Amsterdam with my mate that he came back with, like, granny porn DVDs and we were all rinsing him for it. Like, you yeah. fucking weirdo. But like it, 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 was a, it was a talking point of fun. We used to just m- rip him off for it. And, um... And yeah, um, my mate sent me a link the other day Been found with uh, indecent images of children or uh, thousands of them on his computer. Yeah. And it, it, when you've encountered someone like that, and to me, I knew it was weird, but like, obviously you just, it is a moment where I think people don't realize how, how traumatic it is for, so, like, I know this guy, um, I think he was adopted, like the parents, the people around that who are impacted by... Because the, the families often get sort of spoken about as if they were in on it. Yeah. You know, like and that's kind of... I feel sorry for those kind of people as well who are inadvertently affected by these creeps. Yeah. Because um, they sometimes commit suicide as well. They, yeah. Because it just brings down a whole family.
2: Well, everyone says, well, how can you not know? But you don't know. Yeah. Well, sometimes, obviously, sometimes you do know. And you like you said, you think, oh, they're a bit weird... Bit of a weirdo, or like uh. the granny porn, or whatever. Did he buy that seriously? <laughs> like as in, like a serious
1: <laughs> look. Uh, we were all we used to laugh about it because, like,
2: he was like serious.
1: No, because one of my the two lads who went away, we knew that we were like they weren't Amsterdam, so like we yeah. knew that they were dodgy, right? They were like they'd have a look in the windows and whatever. And one of my mates came home with milf porn, and we were laughing about that. But then he was like, "You think I'm bad? <laughs> he, he's in the gilf porn," and that was just like a funny moment when you're having a pint with the lads. Completely left my mind, never thought about it again until my mate, I haven't seen this guy in like 15 years since I was a young'un, you know. Um, But yeah, it was like a really mind-blowing moment. And again, people think they'd know. And they yep. they don't know, and that's the thing I think is the most entertaining thing about this for me in in a in a fascinating way because I remember talking to a webcam girl once who was a friend of mine. Um, I, I mean, it was a friend before she became a webcam girl. And I was like, "Fuck me, you got some balls doing that." Yeah. But she was kind of um, uh, what's the word? Like she would tell me, like you'd actually be surprised at what I'm getting asked for and I'd be like, what do you mean? And she'd be like, some of them ask me for like school pictures of me like from when I was younger or yeah. they'll ask me to dress up a certain way or whatever and, um, and it, it, she said, it's just made me realise how many people out there are actually into this on a scale that you guys would never think of and, yeah. you know, um, it, it does make you wonder what the percentages are and stuff like that.
2: Yes, I think, yeah, I agree. I think that, Hit, especially like with the webcam stuff, and mm. I, 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 I watch all them documentaries and stuff. I love mm-hmm. it. Ben like thinks I'm a weirdo because I'm like, I like, I like all this stuff. I want to know what's going on yeah. out there because if I know about it, I can protect my kids exactly. And if, if I don't know about it, mm. we filmed a show a few years ago called um, I can't remember what it's called now. Celeb trolls were coming for you. Or something like that. If something really, yeah, some really really bad line. But it was literally we we found the trolls that were hunting celebrities that that were causing celebrities horrible stuff. Yeah, and there was one I can't remember the girl's the celebrity's name. That's really bad. But she was on X Factor. Okay, and oh, I can't remember her name. Really nice, very kooky really nice but the DMs she was getting from this guy were horrific mm-hmm. he was sending her pictures of grassy areas like in the middle of nowhere saying we well, can imagine what he was saying he was going to do to her on this grass and then he was sending her other images of like people with uh injuries and was saying i'm going to do this to you and it was so bizarre she'd reported it to the police obviously nothing had happened so we we found him It was actually really good, actually. It was a really good one because we couldn't find him at first. But as you probably (laughs) realised, I don't like to lose against the bad guy. Mm -hmm. And um, we had... Ben had found a picture on his social media of this area. So Ben did some imagery intelligence. And we worked out a rough area. It was a new build, so there was no, like, mapping. There was no, um, you know, databases where we could find his address with his name. We had his name, but we couldn't find where he lived. We knew everything else about him, where his mum lived, where his uh, sisters lived... We knew you had this girlfriend. But we couldn't find where she lived either. Whoa. So we had a pretty. We knew it was a rough area, where a, a decent geographical area, but it was too too big. You know, you couldn't just walk around aimlessly. Um, and then we was following all their social media sites, and the girlfriend posted a, um, a thing for sale on a buy and sell group on Facebook. So I, we had to speak to legal sharp and say, "Can I buy this piece of kit?" And they were like, "Oh, this is a bit much." And I said, "But if I buy it, I can sell. Pick it up." And they were like, oh. And the TV people are like clapping and all excited, like, yeah, this is going to be amazing. This is so great TV. Ah. So the legal went through what they, they had to do and said, yeah, okay, you can arrange to buy this. It was a pair of Ugg boots. You can buy the Ugg boots. So I messaged her off my one of my accounts. I said, oh, amazing, can I have these boots? I'll come and get them tomorrow. And she was like, yeah, sure. She marked them as sold. I said, can I have your address? I'll be there tomorrow. And when she sent us the address, I was about seven hours away. So they were like, you need to get a flight there now. Get there crew were all there um, so I went and bought the boots and when he I obviously just had a, they couldn't um, film so I just had a microphone and when I went to the door to buy them he opened the door to me and I was like oh my god it was I can't believe we'd got it it was him so then I've come back next because they couldn't film it because it was real um, I just do all these pieces to camera and say what we would just done and that it was him and then what was just, he
1: like when you confronted him
2: well the next day we took we knew what time he left for work Ben had done surveillance, physical surveillance on his work address, but he wasn't there. We knew where he worked, but he hadn't been there, and that's why we'd done the... It was mental, and... um, You
1: two, honestly.
2: And then... (laughs) What a couple. (laughs) um, The next day, we took her... I can't remember her name. It will come to me. We took the X Factor contestant outside his address.
0: No! With with all the
2: crew. So when he came out for work, he came out, and she said, you've got something you want to say to me? (sighs) And he just legged it. He ran like a little coward that he is. He ran back into his house... But she was really giving it, she was like... Good on her. She was going to him, hello, she was really posh. Hello, I'm here, do you not have anything to say to me? And me and Ben were like, what's going on? But we, he, And he wouldn't apologise, and the crew went and knocked and said to him, look, this is what's happened, we're here because you've done this, you've, and TV people are very nice. Um, and he wouldn't talk, he just he locked himself away. He didn't go to work that day, because we were waiting, so when he comes back out, we'll ask him again.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a weird one, because these people who, I mean, I've had thousands upon thousands of threats and DMs and all sorts of weird shit. They are the dregs of society. <laughs> and they are, they are—and like, let's be real, no one ever is sending hate-filled messages who's doing better than the person that they're sending yeah. messages to. They, they're, they're really miserable, you know what yeah. I mean? And they've got serious problems. So on the one hand, sometimes I'll read messages and I'll literally laugh out loud <laughs> and I'll be with someone and I'll go, ha, this one just said I'm fat. Uh, you know? And it's just like a bit of a laugh, but equally, like, it is a sad existence. And so when people yeah. get that obsessed with someone, they, they probably need locked up. Yeah. Yeah, when they keep, like, when they're making that level of threats. Like, it's one thing calling someone a name, but this is like. So, like, meant.
2: go out and message them. Oh, yeah. And this chap. This as well, is harassment. He had, he had two little girls. And I always think, if that, as a parent, if someone did that to my child, I'd be really upset. So, and he's got kids, so why is he doing I would take his it? children off
1: of me. I'd say, I, like, if you're, if you're sending someone death threats like that.
2: Yeah, the stuff he was sending it was horrific. Yeah, yeah. yeah and that's bad. what I'm
1: saying, to that level of darkness. Yeah, you are not fit to be a parent, mate. You have a, no. you shouldn't be around little kids, especially not girls. Yeah. you are demented yeah, You are literally a stalker at that point. Like, so
2: yeah, it was it was good insofar as she was really pleased to like get in his face, and he deleted all his social media. And sometimes I go back and see if he's, re, but he hasn't reactivated any of it. So that's good. At least he nipped him in the bud. But we was talking to an, another lady that was on the show, and she's she, I, we're, we're not friends, friends, but we you know we keep in contact here and there and she's in the public eye, and she gets so much hate, like, I, and she she does post it sometimes, she'll like, repost what people are saying to her, Mm -hmm. and I just think that, I'm like, and a lot of it's from women, and I'm like, why are you saying that to her, I don't Mm -hmm. get that, like, this whole, women should build each other up and stuff, I bet (coughs) this is the same women, that are sending it, like, why are people so hateful, like, just be nice. If you've got nothing nice
1: to say, just don't bother saying anything. Well, one of my, my favourite... Uh, I, I, I had this uh, guy who... I, I There's times where I'm like, I take a real shine to some of the insults I get. I'm like, <laughs> hey, that's what... That made me laugh, you know? But there was one guy who literally um, sent me a really horrible, nasty message. And I remember looking at his profile picture. And I'm not just saying this. The guy was one of the ugliest humans <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. I thought, yeah, I get why you're pretty hateful, you know? But then... So he's laying into me on a mental health level, and I've been very open about my mental health struggles in the past. And and then I I looked on his Twitter, and I seen like tweets about like how he's been struggling with his mental health, and yada yada yada, and like this woe is me attitude. And um, it's funny how like on a they're able to separate what they're doing with them still being the victim, you know. And if there's one thing I've I've learned from God, my time in this in this business, the last ten years, is how people will do the shittiest things to people. Yeah, but then because no one wants to be the bad guy in the life story, they'll, they'll um, reframe it. They'll reposition it in their head of, well, I only did that because of he's this and he's that. And, you know, like they give themselves the excuses and yeah. the outs, like a serial killer would. You know, when you see those serial killers on the stand, yeah. they've always got, oh, well, he attacked me first. and yeah. you know, oh, well. Six people. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, who yeah. do you think the worst person you came into contact with throughout all of this where you were like, you might be the worst piece of shit I've ever met in my life?
2: schoolgirl scenario where he got me, he was pretty horrific because his attacks were getting worse and there's not a single doubt in my mind he would have done what he'd done to me to an actual child I have no doubt about that
1: mm-hmm. um, I mean he thought you were a child Yeah. was there ever a time that you accidentally bumped into someone who you'd seen, so like you're now out of being undercover but then you see someone who knows you to be someone else yeah. and you catch them in regular day
2: I have, that has happened once, where I was in um, Westfield at Stratford, and it wasn't my job, it was a job where I'd been on the arm of someone, and um, I was walking, I had the kids with me, and I was walking through Stratford, and he, like, looked at me, and I, like, looked at him, and I was like, oh, hello, and just carried on as if it was me from the job, but it was fine, because he just assumed I had kids, and the kids had no idea, Oh, like, they... Just thought I'd said hello to someone.
1: That was to freak you out. Though, but I was then a, you're with the kids, right? Yeah,
2: and then I, that's when I probably that was towards the end of my career as well. So that's probably when I started thinking, what am I doing here? Like this is a bit stupid, actually. Like I'm, I've got kids. If I and now I am a single parent, and now I've got two kids. If something happens to me, who's having these kids? They'd be split, and mm. I know that's I get quite embarrassed even saying it, but that's it's my life, and my kids do have two separate dads. And if I split, if if I died, they would be split. I don't want them to be split. They've grown up together. They don't know any life without each other. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but who would have them? And I can't ask my. I couldn't have my parents have them because mm. they're older now. They don't want kids in, like, their grandparents. They mm. don't want kids to look after.
1: Was that what made you want to get out of the business?
2: One of the reasons, yeah, I just started thinking about it more. I grew, I just, it sounds ridiculous, but I just grew up. Mm-hmm. And I started realising, rather than, I, rather than not thinking about it, I started thinking about it. And before I didn't, I just was told yeah. I was in a disciplined service as well. So if I was told to be somewhere at a certain time, I would be there at that. I'd be there and I'd do it and I would do the job. I wouldn't say no because mm-hmm. I'm being told that's my job. Like you're going to be deployed, what do you think? I'm going to go. Oh no, actually, I don't want to do it. A lot of people do say they don't want to do them because they're not nice, are they?
1: Did you ever, in all of these drug deals and all of that, ever have men? Who tried to force themselves on you, anything like that?
2: Yeah, my first ever job. That was the point I should have given my card back and said, I'm not doing this anymore. Wow, <laughs> my first one. first ever covert op, yeah. he. Um... But that, I mean, I, again, I didn't know any different at that point, so I didn't really know how they were supposed to work. And I was deployed in Tottenham, and um, I was told just to establish a supply of Class A. All I knew was that I wanted to buy something. I didn't even know what I wanted to buy, but I was dressed like... A smackhead, mm-hmm. for a better term. Um, and I went in the bookies, just sat there for ages looking around thinking, this is awful. It was disgusting. And there was a toilet, and I thought, I'm not using that because <laughs> that was like, woof. Um, and I got chatting to this guy, and I said, Oh, you couldn't help me, could you? a normal guy's not here, and I ain't got any more numbers. And he went, Oh, I'll take you, girl. Come with me. And he went, Come on. And I was like, Oh, all right. But I don't know where I'm going. I'm like, oh yeah, alright then. So he said, we'll get the bus. And I'm thinking, oh, I can't get the bus because I don't they think I'm in this particular area and I don't know where I'm going. I said, no, I don't like the bus. <laughs> like, can we not walk? And he went, Oh, come on then, we'll walk. And then he was trying to sell me some gold that he'd nicked from a burglary. And I'm I'm th- in my brain, the cop was saying, get the gold, because we know he's the burglar. But in my covert life going, no, because then you're not gonna have enough money because he won't leave me to buy it. You might not then have enough money to buy the drugs. <laughs> so I didn't know what... And I was like, no, I don't want any of that. Maybe tomorrow. And I'm thinking, I could get it tomorrow because I'm a police <laughs> officer. Um, and he took me to this house and he knocked on. And then he said to me, before we got there, he said, um, you've got to chip me off. And I'm thinking, I don't know what that means. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know what any of this means. And obviously now I know it means he wants some of the drugs that we're going to buy, he wants to take a bit. Oh, right, OK. But I don't know what any of this means. Yeah. And, and then I'm thinking, but if I chip him off, I'm supplying him with Class A. So technically, legally... I would be a drug dealer, so I'm like, oh, I can't do that. So, right, I'm, I'm just a is,
1: is, But I'm assuming, and correct me if I'm wrong, that in the event that you're doing this, the law doesn't apply quite the same way to you, or is it still all the same?
2: Yeah, still the same. I'm not allowed to give him drugs.
1: Wow, okay.
2: Yeah, like, he'd go, "Will she give me it, and I'd be like, well, yeah, but no, and I don't think I'd get away with it. Wow. So. Um, he took me to this address, he's knocked on, this guy's come out, and he's told him what we want. I don't even know what we want, but he's told him what we want, and then the guy goes back in, the dealer goes back in, and he goes to the window, and then another guy, even this, there's the dealer from the door and another chap now at the window with their neck cut and looking me up and down, like... And I thought, oh, they're just checking me out to make sure I'm good. I don't know what I was thinking. Whatever. Just give me the drugs, because I need to go. <laughs> and um, so the dealer's come back out. He's give it to my mate from the booking shop, that betting shop, and he's chipped himself off and give me the rest. And i will give him the money, and then he's give the money to the dealer me and my mate from the bookies have said our goodbyes and if i'd known now at the end what i know now i would have kicked off because he chipped off too much <laughs> but i didn't care at the time i was like yeah yeah like just whatever i just want to uh-huh. stuff but now i'd have been like give us that back He's taking like this like uh-huh. you not that much so me and him have said goodbye i've started walking i am so happy with myself like my first deployment and i've i've just bought crack And it's in my pocket and I'm I'm like striding along the road in my little happy self. And the dealer from the doors come, he's like, yo, yo, yo. And I'm like, hello. And he's like, I'll walk you. And I'm like, walk me where? And he's like, I'll walk you to your house. And I'm like, no, you can't. I said, my man will be there and he will literally kill us. And he's like, no, I'll walk you. And I'm like, no, you can't. And he's like, well, I am. And I'm like, oh. And then he went, "Where's where's the gear? And I thought, oh, no. He's gonna rob me. He's gonna rob me for the thing, and I've only just bought it, and i started to panic. And I said, um, I've plugged it, and he was like, oh, "Okay." And I, he just left it. it wasn't. it was in my pocket, but he thought I'd plugged it. And then he's walking with me, and he goes, "So you got a man?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." I've got to go because he's like, he's mental, and like he's going to We literally like when I said a few horrible things. And he goes, well, "Come with me," and he's like pulling me, and I'm like, "Oh no, no, no!" And he's like got my ponytail, and he's like, "Come on!" And I'm like, "I can't have sex with you. I can't." have sex with you. And he's like, no, 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 I don't want that. And he asked, told me what he wanted and he was undoing his trousers and he was pulling my head down and I'm thinking, well, now what? I'm in an alleyway and if you know Tottenham, it's like a ladder. If you look at it from like a, the bird's eye view, it's a ladder. So loads of alleyways but I could still see the road and I'm thinking, if I run, he's massive, he was a good six plus and if I run, he's just going to outrun me but I don't know what to do. And so he's pulling my head, he's undoing it. I thought, I'll just bite it. <laughs> and I thought, if I bite it and then leg it to the end of the alley, I'm back on the main road now, so then it's he, he, going to give me a couple of minutes because he's going to be uh, on the floor. He's going to be on the floor, isn't he? If, I, if someone bites your penis, you're going to be on the floor.
1: Touch wood, that's never happened. <laughs> but um, yes, I mean, at the very best case scenario, he'll be on the floor.
2: Yeah. So I thought, um, that's, that's, that was it. That's the only thing I could do at this point. And um, then a, a vehicle screeched up at the end of the road and this guy's come out and he's legging it down the alleyway and I'm thinking, what the fuck now? Why are you doing this to me now? Like, and I thought, is this a test? But it can't be a test because none of them would know this is happening. And um, then I looked at him again and I thought, oh, I recognize you, why do I know you? And he, he'd be in my safety briefing. And I, I, because I was all new and I was all out of my depth with it, I had a phone in my pocket and it was a two-way phone so they could hear everything that was going on. So my safety team at the the Nick, could hear everything that was happening.
0: Oh.
2: And they'd obviously said to him, go and get her, because she's about to get herself in trouble here. And he gave me a few words. Not He called me a few horrible names, the guy. And I was like, oh, and the, the, the guy that was undoing his trousers, that wanted the... Sorry,
1: the guy who's run down the alleyway is calling you names.
2: Yeah, he's going to be you slag. you've done it again. And I'm like, sorry. Like, uh. <laughs> uh, oh. <laughs> and then the guy wants the favour, the dealer... He apologised to him. He's like, sorry, man, she wanted it. And I'm like, ah. Oh. But he didn't say sorry to me. And then that, so that was the end of it. We went back and Fuck I was like, me. I was like, thank you for coming to get me to the, the day, day one. This day one. But then they sent me back. They were like, do you mind going back again? I'm like, no, I'm fine now. He won't try it again. So I went and kept buying from him. That was wow. day one. So I should have probably known that it probably weren't for me. But... Sorry,
1: mate, she wanted it. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking drug dealers just aren't very trustworthy. <laughs> no. Honestly.
2: They don't read the room. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was um yeah, it, but do you know when he got convicted and uh, they said to him like obviously in disclosure they have to tell him that it was a covert operation apparently his face when they heard the recordings and everything was like that bitch like she he was fuming that it was me because it, obviously
1: yeah, that's one thing I've not really thought about is the moment where you reveal single woman reveal yourself <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> The moment you show them, or oh, they find out, I mean, you, you kind of get the, a little bit of a buzz out of that, I would assume. I'd kind of enjoy that, especially if I'm taking down this horrible criminal who's attacking women in back alleys.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't, I nev- I'm never there to see oh. any of it. I don't see Do it
1: they relate any. to you, though?
2: Yeah, sometimes, if it's a good reaction, I get told, like, they've called you, you this. seen they, his face. they called you this, and they called you that. Like, I've been to court before where... Like it was a pedophile case actually, and he did have the jumper and the glasses. <laughs> and when he when he heard me speak, he was like, he looked like his whole world he would lost his because he, he was all like quite. And then when I spoke, he went like he couldn't believe it was because he knew it was a covert operation. But he, I don't think he really believed it was real. Um, and he was just he was just stood there in the box like he couldn't believe it. He was so shocked but that was another one where you think, yeah, do you know what? I've done a good day's work here because you're going to prison tonight. Like, you're...
1: Yeah, I mean, what do you make of the amount of time that these people have gotten when you look back at the the, the people that you put in?
2: Yeah, the, the, the paedophile staff, And when they go to p- prison as well, they are housed together.
1: They get put in together. to kind of keep them safe from the other guys.
2: Yeah, they do. And I, get, I totally get that reasoning, but... I don't. But... In the same breath, like you're putting them together, that's,
1: they're, they're that's, kind of going to share secrets, right? Like he the best way to hide things, yada yada yada. It's not
2: because
1: criminals do make each other worse criminals in prison a lot of the time. You get an education from lads I don't know who've been inside. Yeah, it just makes you more aware.
2: It just it doesn't make sense to me to put them together.
1: Yeah,
2: you know? and the the sentencing is never what you know. It should be way more, shouldn't it? And that's half the problem, isn't it? Our our prison system. Um, is it, is it a deterrent? I don't think so.
1: Mm. I've, I've not really... I've, honestly, my knowledge of the prison system is quite limited.
2: Yeah, it's, it's the sentencing, it's not a deterrent. Mm. And when they're in there, it's not like what you see on... You know, you say, I, I like those... Um, oh, I can't remember his name, but there's a another documentary series where he goes to the world's toughest prisons, and some of them are horrific. Yeah. Like, you would not want to be going in there. Yeah. And then you go to other ones, and you're like, that looks like
1: a holiday camp like it don't look that the, yeah they do I mean I interviewed a guy who was in a Thailand prison it was like 60 men in a room yeah like they're raping each other and it's just fucking horrendous um, but then yeah like you see some of the ones in England where they've got a playstation in their room yeah blows my mind
2: yeah me too I can't why yeah so you can have prisoners with playstations but there's kids that don't get a dinner
1: it's very frustrating as well when you see people getting like treatment as such as like uh, new identities and stuff like that yeah. you know um, especially people who've killed children and stuff, and they're getting brand new identities, and yeah, you're like, what the fuck? Um, yeah, th- that must be the only frustrating bit when you catch someone like that, and you'd think, uh, and then you're getting this, are you like a limited sentence?
2: Or they come, or they've been put back, like put away, and then they get let out and they do it again. We had one guy who had he was a <laughs> paedophile
0: mm-hmm.
2: on uh, sort of. Probably 14, 15 year old girls. And he, part of his release was he was not allowed any electrical equipment like laptops or phones and stuff mm-hmm. like that in his house. This was a long time ago. So, but he'd made contact with uh, well, me, but it wasn't obviously me. Um, and he'd been doing it at the library, the local library.
1: He'd gone to use the computers yeah. you know. the, though Yeah. Fucking hell. They're addicts though. And that's the thing. Like, why are we releasing them? Like, do, do you feel like just. Throwing away the key on these guys is the only solution because, like th- that Louis Theroux documentary, really stayed with me because yeah. a lot of these men in there were fifty to sixty years old who had been repeat offenders for the course of a lifetime, and it's like yeah. you ain't that that doesn't leave you. And there was one really interesting interview where there was a paedophile who kind of spoke out in a sense of he was like, "Look, I've got this problem. I don't yeah, want to act on it," and that really blew my mind because he was like he was like I know it's wrong I don't want to do this I need help I don't know where to turn Yeah, and he kind of admitted like this ain't gonna go away like putting me in jail for eight years I come out I'm still going to feel the way I feel, and it's like to me, it, it doesn't make sense to give them a few years and release them because you're yeah. just you're literally letting a, a tiger out onto the streets. Basically, it's like a wild animal. Yeah. Uh, in terms of your new business that you have now with your partner, uh, the cyber investigation stuff, um, you, you've touched on it a little bit. But what sort of what's the day to day like? What's the juiciest things that you end up doing? <laughs>
2: it's like the pandemic. Cybercrime just went nuts, didn't it? Because everyone was at home, people are bored. People become desperate for money, so they would do things online. Okay. So it could literally be from one thing, could be like recruitment fraud. We could be mm. literally investigating where, pe- or where a person or a, an organisation are pretending to be recruiting people for a big corporate company, which happens a lot. What
1: yeah. level of fame do you think is the highest you've, you've known... If you were to compare it to a, lo- a celebrity, not the celebrity. <laughs> okay.
2: I'm
1: not saying name the celebrity. We're going to be clever about this. Yeah,
2: oh, I can't because I'd be a lot but, of trouble. But, but,
1: but let's let's say like to the level of da Who's a celebrity on the level of someone who you've worked with?
2: World famous.
1: Really. Yeah. we will talk what Adele, Beyonce type stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Not them, though. I can categorise them. But, but on that level? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And what kind of uh, things uh, do you do for the famous people generally?
2: Again, it depends. Mm. For that particular person, it was just to see what was out there about some of their interests. Um,
1: Mainly, like, what, their sexual appetite? No,
2: no, no. It was actually, it was a relatively clean one. Really? <laughs> yeah. they <bit> boring. Yeah, <laughs> do you know what? It <laughs> yeah. actually was. A bit of an anti-climax. Yeah, is. it actually was. When it came through the job, we were like, oh, mate, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And then the work was like, oh, okay. Um, other ones can be like, so there was one particular one where we had a person, an athlete who had been away pre-season. I say athletes, obviously a footballer. He'd been away uh, pre- after, uh, before pre-season and he hadn't actually done anything wrong and I quite liked him, I believed him but a girl had said I'm going to release this and he's like but I don't know how she would have it because he said I swear to you I haven't done that I did talk to this girl, I know who she is I did talk to her, I did buy her some drinks but he said and I said to him look you need to tell me everything if you don't tell me everything I can't help you and he, he said, "I'll tell you." He said, and he told, he told me loads of other stuff. not nothing to do with the case we're there. He said, like, "I wouldn't tell you that and not tell you this." I've got yeah. To so he's
1: in. he's giving you stuff that doesn't look great about him. No. so he's not trying to be an angel. No,
2: he was like, I'm, he said, but this. He said, but she's saying this, and he, and she he was sending she was sending pictures, and he was like, but like it looks. He's like, I'm just sitting talking to her, but it looks bad. But she's saying that. Then after that, and you know, if you was his partner, you would look at her and go, what. It's not okay, that. Yeah,
1: because if you've got, like, the beginning of a story and then she claims the ladder to here, but she's got some evidence that you knew her, yeah. immediately it's more believable than yeah. if she's never met you, obviously.
2: And, um, and he, I, I, we, we, Ben and I met him and we liked him and I, and I did believe him. Um, and uh, he said, but I need to... She's saying it's coming from her and then there's a, a friend who's going in. He said, but I don't know who this friend is. So we worked out who the friend was. We got all the information. Because they, they were emailing from dodgy emails and all sorts. And So
1: they're emailing. So they're not posting this online. This is private.
2: They wanted money.
1: Ah, bingo.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, do you know what? I don't even think necessarily it was the girl so much. I think it was the mate who was... And the mate, the mate was male of, yeah. of the girl. I think it was more the mate that wanted... Blackmail,
1: yeah.
2: To her up to say, look, mm. we can get money off of him. He might pay it. Um... And we found out who it was and we just said, look, we know it's you, we're asking you to leave it because they are going to get their lawyers involved and we know it's you. We've, we've proven it's you through our, our methods. Um, and he was really happy with that because he didn't want it to go crazy. Was like The last thing they want is a press involved. He was living his private life yeah. and he couldn't stay private.
1: You don't you don't want the hassle, basically.
2: But then he, he said, and then he thought we were like um, 999, he just couldn't ring me for anything. And then he was like, he rang me once and he said... um things happened I was like what now he's like got in a bit of trouble I was like what have you done he was like I've had a bit of a fight I was like I can't help you with a fight he's like but you've got police friends can you not just ring them and say you like me don't you Like, I'm a nice guy I'm like you are a nice guy but I don't have have that much weight footballers are
1: naive they They don't really grow up very
2: I really liked him but yeah he said some funny things like he made um, he was trying to say something and he went instead of saying I've got an inkling who it is (laughs) said, I've got an incline of who it is. Yeah. But Ben went, and like, I had to kick Ben under the table and say, like, shut up.
1: Yeah. And this is I'm a Premier League footballer on big money as well. A lot of money, yeah.
2: yeah. But really, but do you know when they're just joking? I've got
1: an incline who it might be, <laughs> no, he
2: probably have. I can confirm, um, he did not play for Spurs. <laughs> yeah. So we deal with things like that, like just, and they're, and they're little tiny jobs. Yeah. But then we deal with other things, like we... We'll look at like, digital digital vulnerability. So we will look at how vulnerable is someone online. Oh wow! So and people are very vulnerable. So we might be looking after people in the public eye. Or it could be C-suite. You know, for big companies, we could look at the CEO. And did
1: yeah. you guys follow the Mason Greenwood story? Yes. What did you make of that? Because obviously she leaked all of these um, uh, images, videos, and stuff. And
2: yeah, the voice br- clip. It
1: was brutal. Yeah, it, it was, was. Hara- for, for people. To hear a Premier League footballer speak in such a way to a young woman like that, who was in a relationship with, it was mind blowing.
2: Yeah, I did. What I, um, I, Ben actually didn't. Um, he was like, I don't want to listen to that.
1: Really. Yeah.
2: Um, but I just think, if, if I, uh, I don't know why she's now gone back, and that, isn't she pregnant now?
1: The rumor is that she's pregnant, and they are going to stay together and have yeah. a baby and all of that. But, but obviously, like, look. The public have an opinion of this guy yeah. and pretty much he's an asshole, horrible person. But you're the one who's actually got your hands dirty and been involved with people like this and had to talk to people who've done mm. horrible things. What do you make of a, a, a victim... Going back to the perpetrator and then having a a long life with them, you know, is there reform capable in your head? Or do you think that this is a a situation where he cynically is like, I better better keep this girl close to me because, you know, because she was, they were, you know, they were going to press charges and then all of a sudden everything, oh, no, actually, everything's going to be fine now. Happy families. What do you make of all of that? I
2: just, I don't know, I've I've got two sides and I'm going to sound like I'm sitting on the fence with it. Mm -hmm. I listen to the voice clips and she's quite telling him categorically no. Mm. And he's telling her to... If this is... Obviously I'm covering myself here but if that is really them two speaking and that's what their people are saying it is you know it's been said that is him and that is her. She's saying no and he's telling her to park it for him because he wants to. Mm -hmm. And she's saying no. That's enough. That should be him. She doesn't want to. That's Mm. literally the end of it. To then go back, I don't know if that's a... Okay. Do you see
1: the, the pictures and the bruises and the moth? Yeah, it was... Like, he, she had really bloodied face, battered face. This is a, a violent man, for is sure. Is it...
2: Has she gone back genuinely voluntarily or has she gone back, like, coerced back? I don't know. I don't know if...
1: Coerced but, meaning...
2: Like, like, as in, not controlled... Yeah, maybe a bit controlled back, like, mm-hmm. you know, manipulated a little bit back because she was strong enough to release all of this stuff and to go to, you know, the extremes of pressing charges but now done a complete flip. Why? What's the complete flip? Mm. I, don't, I don't know what that could be.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, again, the rumor, and this is just completely what you hear, what you see on social media, is he was ending the relationship. She then decides, okay, well, now it's not in my interests. I'm going to have my day and yes. show what you're really like. At that point, he's then thought, fuck, I need to get a hold of her and bring her back closer to me than ever because she's the one who's going to, take away the career, yeah. take away the money, all of that. And, and maybe on a cynical level, and this is just a suggestion, it's not me accusing anyone, maybe she's thinking, you know, you were my chance at, at a, a, a life of money and wealth and fame, yeah. and you were about to take that away from me. Well, I'm telling you now that I've got I've got my bargaining chip here, and I'm willing to use that. So yeah. we either stay together and have that success, or we're apart, and you're going to jail. Like you know, and that and unfortunately, a lot of people don't like to say that out loud. Yeah. You know? But the reality is, is like when you're the guy who has the money, and that in I am certainly nothing like Mason Greenwood, but I have experienced the way people can behave when you reject them.
0: Yeah.
1: And they feel like they're losing their meal ticket. And my God, they say, you know, fear the wrath of a woman's scorned. fuck me. <laughs> you know what I mean? So look, if he was, I mean, he clearly was a piece of shit in my opinion and uh, he's backed himself into what, they both have backed themselves into a situation which looks really miserable from the outside. Like,
2: Yeah, it's not, I mean, who wants to live in a life like that? Like if he's, and what, in my you both opinion,
1: needing each other for the worst yeah, reasons. Yeah, it's horrible, but, isn't uh,
2: it? I would be thinking if I was in that position... What's going to stop him from doing that again? Like, as, mm. if you don't want to, you don't want to, that's it. But, and then to bring a baby into it. Mm.
1: The power dynamic must be an absolute shambles there because on the one hand, he needs her for his freedom and she needs him for the paycheck.
2: Have they taken him back to the club now?
1: They're, that, unfortunately, Manchester United are now, like, you know when they start like, leaking things into the press? Yeah. And they're just sort of baby-stepping it in he, just to see, okay, are they going to do this or not? You know what I mean? But they, what they haven't done is tore his contract up.
2: Right. So the,
1: the one thing we know is they're considering yeah. giving him a platform again, uh, which is,
2: yeah. That's crazy, isn't it? Because especially when you think about, so he's done that. How many fans are there of Man United across the world? Millions. Millions. Uh-huh. So the police have a number of very bad apples. Not I want to call them more, mm-hmm. but I won't. Mm-hmm. And the whole country goes, the police are this, the police, the, the as a whole, the police. And it's not the whole Yet yeah, you've got millions of followers of Man United that still support Man United, still go to all the games, still watch them on telly, still buy all the shirts, all the memorabilia. But you've got a rapist, an alleged rapist, on the team. No one's turning their back there, are they? On the well, whole club.
1: Well, which... I, I thought that we would see a huge outcry, and we kind of did. But time is a is a, is an interesting thing, yeah. you know. And uh, they did a vote on a really. Uh, popular Manchester United fan group on Twitter the other day and the, the sample was 170,000 votes. Yeah. So I was like, okay, we're going to see 99% we never want to see him play for Man United again. Yeah. It was 47% versus 53. And that blew my mind yeah. to hear all those recordings say see all that footage to see the marks left on her and the clear abuse she went through, for then, for that amount of people to say, yeah, bring her back. And the reality is, is you know, if, if, if that was a, a bad footballer, a terrible footballer yeah. who'd never, ever done anything wrong but was just a crap player, it would be 99% get him out. Yeah, for sure. But, but because he has talent and he does have amazing talent, that's where the forgiveness comes in. And it's mind-blowing. To me, like,
2: yeah, I, do you know what? And I'm, I'm kind of put myself down a hole with this, and now I'm trying to do my whole um, level-headed thinking, like that. The bits that were leaked, obviously, when we have seen this in our work, where you the, there'll be bits put in the press, but you won't see either side of it. Now, what she's obviously the bits that have been leaked. She's quite seriously saying no. It's quite obvious. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. And he's saying to her in not very nice terms. No, you are. Oh, like, yeah, I want it. Like, yeah. it's quite obvious what the conversation is. And then she's posted the pictures of the injuries. And I'm not saying I don't believe her because I, I do believe her. Mm-hmm. But just playing devil's advocate,
1: mm-hmm.
2: what happened either side of that? Like, so what was the bit before that recording? What was the bit after? I've, What's I've heard since? things
1: because obviously, in my position, like people message you stuff. Oh, I know the family. I know this. That, and the other. And I take everything with a grain of salt to say yeah. the least. But the, 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 the talk is it was a very toxic relationship.
0: All right
1: and you know, um, so does that mean she was perfect? No, but does that obviously mean, you know, obviously it doesn't mean that she deserved anything that no. happened. And he he was obviously the aggressor in what we see him. But yeah, I I hear your point, and that and um, you know, it's just such a cynical thing to, to experience. But look, we're gonna we're gonna go to my final question because yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed the day, and I do <laughs> want I want to know this one from you, which is how would you like to be remembered?
2: Um, I don't know I think that the life that I live now is something I never would have dreamed someone from where I'm from lived could Mm -hmm. live you know I grew up on a council estate in Dagenham it wasn't very nice I never in a million years thought there would be any TV I never thought I'd have a book that's mental when I see it I laugh because I'm like I can't believe anyone's even reading that Um, I never thought I would live in Spain you just don't do you as a kid, I thought I would be the workhorse. I even in the police I thought I would do my thirty years and I never thought that I would have the life I have now. I never thought I'd have kids and I've got two. <laughs> um I don't know, maybe just we take risks quite a lot in our house. We quite we're risk takers. So maybe that, maybe
1: You're a risk taker. Yeah you've absolutely smashed it it's been a pleasure um, a big thank you uh, I'll put the link for your book if people want to check that out in the description and uh, what a story and I've absolutely loved chatting with you
2: thank you very much for having
1: me thanks so much that was Danny Brook on the True Geordie podcast thank you very much and we'll see you on the next one cheers <laughs>